Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Yes, I'm back. Yes, just, you know, one day off and you think to yourself, but mind you, it was a particularly bad uh, dose of coughing and sneezing and wheezing and all the other things. God, it was disastrous. It really was. Nevertheless, here we are on Monday morning. You think I'm missing a Monday morning? You think I'm missing the opportunity to sort of tell everybody Peter Andre's out of Strictly Come Dancing? Which is what I predicted last week on the programme. How the old souls clung on this far, I've got no idea. That uh, he'll be appearing on every television uh, programme and radio programme that he can drone on about how, you know, well, he had a very good experience and his kids love him. And it's, it's, uh, he's in one of the papers today, actually, talking about the fact that he's been so busy, he's hardly had a chance to see his wife. Doesn't sound good, does it, really? I uh, may be trouble ahead. Oh, what else we got? Oh, God, we've got loads of stuff today, loads of stuff. The new toy that's going to sell out... Because uh, Princess Charlotte's got one, so if she's got one, you know, it's like when we saw the the other little kiddie wearing clothes. Immediately, everybody goes, "Ah, this is this is the item of clothing they've got." Like people have never been out there before. This is a stuffed toy. Comes in different sizes, about seventeen quid. And uh, once it's been used by a member of the royal family, you all rush out there, don't you? Like sheep, going, "Oh, we must get one of those." I have to be honest; it looks quite nice. I was tempted to go and buy one myself, but I'm not that bad. Uh, the top footballer who featured in the papers the other day, who sent uh, a schoolgirl pictures of his manhood. And um, and you can't say who he is, because I don't know who he is. I, got getting, I kept getting asked the other day, you know, who is it? Who is it? I said, I've got, I didn't even know the story. Because to be honest with you, I went out Friday. Friday, a couple of friends of mine came down from Oop North. Four and a half hours, they sat on a train from Leeds. And uh, they came down, so, so Danny came down and Jordan came down. And uh, we went to Joe Allen's, had a lovely time, but my cough was, as you remember from Friday, the cough was not particularly brilliant. It was what they call the tickly cough. And it was the cough from hell. And strangely enough, strangely enough, a friend of mine, Chris, dropped me an email and he said, wait a minute, he said, you got this last year. He said, but it was, it was a bit later. I got it as I was about to do the show at the Magic Circle. And I had to really limit what I was saying because I couldn't stop coughing. And I don't know whether it's as a result of the flu jab, but I'm certainly not having it next year, I'm telling you, because it's just made me more ill. So on, so on Friday, go out. We have, um, I take the car up to town, have a couple of glasses of champagne, well, a glass and a half of champagne. I couldn't stop coughing. I, it was absolutely a nightmare. And in between trying to cough and talk, it just got worse and worse and worse. So anyway, so I, I decided to drop there. We, we had three hours in there, which was quite nice. In fact, it was very nice. And uh, we had steak. And, uh, and I said, listen, you've got to go. When you're in London, you've got to go to Winter Wonderland. So I dropped them off at Winter Wonderland. And uh, they had a nice time. So all in all, it was lovely. But by this time, the cough is getting worse. So this is the Friday, because if I go out on the Friday, like most of you, I, t- I tend to think it's Saturday, but it's not. It's still Friday. So it got to Saturday, and uh, Saturday morning, and I'm still coughing like a good one. By this time, my chest is literally in, not sort of agony, but it's sore, because I've coughed so much. I couldn't stop it. I tried the, uh, the water. In fact, actually on, was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night into... No, it wasn't. It was Saturday. Saturday night into Sunday, because I, I, I thought I'd better phone the boss early. You cannot leave these things all day hoping it's going to get better. So by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'd sent him a text saying, listen, I don't think I'm going to make it tomorrow because I'm not really well enough. So that was fine. So that was all sorted out. And then Saturday evening, I, uh, I got through more water than I could shake a stick at. Normally, I keep about two litres in the fridge. Well, I got through all of that. 
I got through all of that and the other bottles of water. Then I got through all the milk that was in the fridge. So I've got nothing. And I do not drink out the tap. Now, don't ask me why. It might just be one of these personal things that some people say, you know, I drink out the tap all the time. There's nothing the matter with it. I've just got used to drinking bottled water. So I drink bottled water. So every so often, like every sort of couple of weeks, I go and buy a case of it in Costco. Other places sell it too. And, um, and I sort of bring it back and I keep it in the fridge so it's nice and cold. So yesterday I go out in the morning. I think I'm, I wrap myself up because I'm, I'm still coughing. I'm still coughing. And I've got... Uh, but I haven't done the cough mixture. I'm being quite good on the cough mixture. I don't want to overdose on cough mixture. So I went out and I bought so much water... I don't buy juices because not not particularly good for me being a diabetic. And I bought about a litre of milk. So I've got ice cold milk in the fridge, which is it's probably not the best thing. I'm sure that somewhere in the back of my mind, somebody would, would said to me, milk's not very good for you. And I, I used to drink milk and I haven't drunk milk for years. I put it in tea and coffee quite clearly, but I, I don't really bother. So I got some fruit. I got some pineapple and I bought some mango and I bought some um, what else? I bought also whatever I thought it was. I thought it was things that I could probably manage. And I was cut. Well, I couldn't sleep for love nor money. I couldn't sleep. I was sweating for the country. I mean, sweating for the country. You know, when you just get drenched, that was me. That was me. I put the heating on and I'm sort of sitting there thinking, oh, God, make it go away. I didn't have a cold as such. I was just angry. And so I started watching um, White Christmas. I was flicking through it through the channels, not feeling particularly sorry for myself, just sort of thinking, I need something. I've got the water, I've got the, the tea, I've got the coffee, I've got everything going there. So I started watching White Christmas. So in between the coughing, the sneezing, and the tears from White Christmas, it was a complete blooming... Com- it was a combination to end all... And I wrote, actually, on Twitter, I said, pathetic. Pathetic. And I got angry with myself. And so I got all the way through uh, yesterday and I thought, you know, I, I, can, I think I can go into work on Monday. I don't like taking days off, especially not coming up to the festive season. So, and I've got an interview to do today uh, with Alexander Armstrong. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So I thought, no, I'll come in. I've got my oranges. I've got my water. I've got my cup of coffee. got my telephone. Had some stories from the Sunday papers because the first time ever, normally when I come into here on a Sunday, of course, I get the complete set of papers. Yesterday, I had to go and buy some papers. <laughs> telling you, not my idea of fun. Buying? Have you seen how much they cost? Anyway, so I was sort of whizzing through the uh, the papers, trying to find something that I thought would be sort of pertinent for the programme for today. And I, I just found, I think it was probably about six little stories in the paper, which I would have done yesterday anyway. Um, and they, they were sort of stories that I thought, you know, they would be relevant to my programme. Because that's what I... That's what I I quite like, actually. I quite like doing some of those Sunday stories. And I did watch a little bit of um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I've suddenly realised that, uh, that old Colin Campbell, you know, the, uh, the odd one, uh, her husband said she's a fraud and she's a dreadful snob. I mean, she was a nobody before, an absolute nobody. She married this bloke. It lasted 14 months and she's milked it ever since. So she tries to make out that she's terribly, terribly lardy-dar and a socialite. She's no such thing. She's no such thing at all. She's just some old bag with a funny voice who's on a television programme to make some money. The fact she's titled doesn't mean diddly squat to me. I certainly wouldn't be curtsying any time soon to Colin Campbell, thank you very much indeed. No, 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 definitely not. Also, I got quite, quite carried away watching the end of The X Factor. I saw a little bit where sort of old Spagbol gets up and starts dancing, and you suddenly realise that not only can she not sing, but she can't dance either. Somebody described her as looking like that drunken aunt who attempts to do dancing. So, of course, you know, we, we know that the, uh, the singing career has disappeared for old Spagbol. And, uh, and the dancing as well. I mean, she looked ridiculous. 
Not half as ridiculous as Paul Rochelle Humes. She does a little bit at the end of the extra factor, and it is like watching a truck driver attempting to speak the English language. It's she's, she's a bit blokey, isn't she? She's a bit like that. She talked like that. It's it's really embarrassing. There's a little bloke with her as well. I don't know where they got him from. Christmas cracker, I assumed. I can't uh, remember. Anyway, I sort of I sort of watch Rochelle, thinking, do you know, you can have somebody a, a bit like Kelly Brook. Looks fantastic, and then they open their mouth and ruin it completely. Kelly Brook is as thick as they come. We all remember her vast, dreadful experiences on The Big Breakfast. She couldn't read autocue. They had to change all the scripts on it, so it was little words like and, if, off, to, when. You know, in fact, when actually pushed the boat out a little bit for her. So when you watch Rochelle Hume, she is like a, she's like a truck driver. She's kind of tall like that, you know. She's a bit like Fern McCann in the jungle. There's a woman who can't string any words together at all, poor soul. But uh, but I still watched it, and we kicked somebody out of the jungle. I can't remember where it was. It might have been... I don't know who we kicked out. Was it Kieran Dyer? Because it, the whole thing is just turned into a bit of a farce, really. Much as I adore Ant and Deck, they're either in the jungle and they're suffering, or they're not. You've got little George Shelley... I mean, you know, is there a relationship going on with him and Yorgi Porter? No, of course there's not. Don't be silly. Brian Friedman went, did it? Thank God for that. Another blasted American over here poncing off us. I hate the Americans, honestly. I hate them. Hate them. <laughs> Especially anybody who said a pussycat doll. I watched her being interviewed the other day. Who was the pussycat doll? Um, the one who's not attractive. Not Nicole Scherzinger. The other one that they use. Somebody will tell me. And uh, she was being interviewed by... Um, Laura Whitmore, one of the worst presenters you've ever seen on the television. I mean, dear God, she's been on it for such a long time, still not made any impact. Anyway, so she says to her that they obviously have all these questions, which Laura Whitmore can't manage. Somebody else writes them for her. And one was, take that or One Direction. And, wait a minute, we're just trying to find out who this pussycat doll is. Who does she go? Oh, oh, oh Ashley Roberts. Ooh, minger, minger, minger alert. Dear God in heaven, even with makeup on, it's still ropey. Still ropey. Anyway, so they say to her, they say, one direction or take that. And she goes, oh, I don't, I don't know what one, one direction. I don't know, take that. And I thought, well, and so she goes, I, I couldn't, I couldn't comment on a group I don't know anything about. And so Laura Whitmore, because she's not the brightest penny in the box either. She says to her, she says, oh, right, Gary Barlow and um, Robbie Williams. Oh, my God. Of course I know them, she goes. And I thought... How did you ever get any jobs on television in this country? You are as thick as a brick, dear. Go back where you came from. Please, God, we don't want you here anymore. Mind you, we don't want that man who won £13.5 million on the lottery. He's still living and taking up a council house. Now, the argument could be that it doesn't matter how much money you've got. Once you've qualified for a council house, you keep it for life. But to be honest with you, I think he should get out. But then where are his friends going to be? All his friends are back, you know, on the council estate. A little bit of a difficult one, isn't it? A little bit of a difficult one there. So I might have to sort of change my opinion. Oh, and Gemma Collins. I don't think you can ever change your opinion about Jabba the Hutt, can you? Uh, another disastrous relationship. It's another crim, I'm afraid. Yes, poor old Gemma. Not the brightest penny in the box. Oh, by the way, the In Conversation podcast with Eddie Izzard, big fan, and David Tennant is available right now. For anybody who missed it. So you go to the LBC website. So David Tennant and Eddie Izzard. It was good, actually. I enjoyed both of them. I thought they were both very good. Mind you, I think they, they probably thought the same about me. It's uh, quarter past four. Steve Allen on LBC. <laughs> Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from seven. Only on LBC.
Morning, everybody. 4.20. Nick and the team at breakfast. They'll speak to two Labour MPs who tell us what the people who voted them into power have been telling them when it comes to Syrian airstrikes. Turkey's set to get €3 billion Euros and possibly membership of the EU as part of a migrant deal, but do we want them in the EU? Should those serving life sentences for crimes including murder and rape be allowed home for Christmas? I don't think so. And the young Conservative destroyed by the party he loved. We speak to the father of the 21-year-old Tory youth activist who took his own life after allegations of bullying. Nick of the team at breakfast this morning from 7. I'll just the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Douglas Murray, Associate Director of the Henry Jackson Society, author and media commentator, will be in the studio. That's not going away, is it, that, uh, that Tory activist thing at all? You know, no good Grant Shapps just resigning. I think there's going to be heads on the block. They're now calling for anybody who's got any information on any sort of bullying whatsoever. It's, uh, it's not pleasant, not pleasant. Uh, Phil Vickery. We'll be listening to this programme a little bit later on. Yes, the Phil Vickery. He sent, me, he sent me a text the other day saying, I now set my alarm at six so I can cheer myself up before I actually get out of bed. Which is quite nice, actually. So Fern will be the other side. Perhaps I should shout out for Fern at the same time. Uh, anyway, nice to be company. So some of the stories that I culled from yesterday's uh, paper. Oh, somebody wrote to me and said, you are going to be nice to Peter Andre, loves his kids, and Nancy Delusional. Don't be silly. You don't know this programme at all well if you really think I have a, a, a thread of niceness in me on a Monday morning. A Monday morning? Are you mad? The 30th of November. Last day of the month, isn't it, really? 30 days, if you all remember the poem, 30 days hath September, April, June and November. All the rest have 31 except February in a leap year. OK, so that's how you work it out. So it's the last day of November. What do you mean you're not finished the Christmas shopping? At least do the cards today, at least. Uh, what, did I, uh, what did I hang on to out of the papers over the weekend? I hung on to, um, oh yes, uh, Yorgi Porter, in a desperate attempt to try and get her some sort of publicity while she's in there. Her agent, who obviously represents other people who are appearing with Snow White, uh, says she's launched her claim to Hollywood fame by auditioning for a movie remake of Baywatch. Apparently... Make up your own jokes as you go along on this one. The Hollyoaks actress blew casting directors away. Well, there you go. Well, lucky old casting directors, eh? Lucky old casting directors. And uh, she tried out for the lead role of Summer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you ever see her in Hollyoaks? Anyway, hands up, anybody. Come on. Don't, not if you're driving. Don't put your hands up, for God's sake. No an accident. Anybody ever see her in Hollyoaks? Anybody, anybody remember any of those memorable acting things? I mean, she acted them off the screen. She was like Shakespeare come to life. No, she was more like Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest, as wooden as they come. Unfortunately, darling, they're not, they've got a million people like you in America. They don't need anybody else. They've got people who can really act. They don't have people who've been on a reality show because there's no acting work around for them. And so she blew casting directors away. God, do me a favor. The- garbage they come up with her claim to hollywood fame they're looking for people to park cars actually dear could you do that could you imagine oh, second doors maybe not and uh, susanna constantine is desperate to bring back her show what not to wear but only if she bags a prime time broadcast i'm sorry darling i'm sorry to break this to you it's finished it's finished that's why nobody had bothered with you for ages you and the other cart horse you know, that worked on the... It was years ago. Forget it now. Forget it. It's like Lady Colin Campbell, or Cole, as she's known to her friends, otherwise known as that really peculiar one, the one who's living such a delusional life. It's a bit of an embarrassment, really. Even her ex-husband says, I have not spoken to her since we divorced, and I've not watched. She's bad news, and I hope I never lay eyes on her again. He called her a fraud. He says she's a fraud. 
It's all made up. She's a dreadful snob. Yeah, but the trouble is, she hasn't got anything going for her. She's got that ropey old hair. She's got that ropey old body. She's vile. I mean, she really is vile. You don't need to. You don't need me to sort of tell you that. You've only got to watch the program. But the idea that um, that sort of Yorgie Porter could have, a, a, you know, her claim to Hollywood fame. Don't be so stupid, dear. I mean, grow up for God's sake. I mean, I don't want to burst your pretty little bubble, but there's not a cat in hell's chance of you making it anywhere in Hollywood. Unless you're going to go into some of those sort of films. Uh, Sammy Croydon says, I've listened to you for some time now. It seems to me the flu jab is, uh, is not doing very well at all. It's not, actually. It's been a disaster for me. I think next year I might actually try and get through uh, sort of winter without doing the flu jab. I think that could be better. But if you heard my voice yesterday, today is a million times better than it used to be. Do not drink dairy. Everybody's told me that. I thought there was something about it. I think what it does, it clings to the side of your throat, doesn't it? And inc- increases mucus. So uh, that's it. But have you noticed? No coughing. I've had little coughs, you know, when we go into the adverts and things like that. But if you think that if you've been with us on Friday, and you, you could have popped down, all of you, and um, the, the coughing was so bad. I mean, it, seriously. It was almost like you're sort of sitting there and you're thinking, oh, right, I'll do. that's why I sound slightly throaty. Not particularly throaty, but it's only because I've coughed so much over the last two days. It's like somebody had a little feather at the back of your throat. And they were tickling the back of your throat. And it was so annoying. I mean, I promise you, it it just drove me to distraction. Trying to have a conversation with people and chat about, you know, business and all the rest of it. And all you're doing is just coughing, which was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, There was a story about the Yorkshire Ripper in the Sunday papers. This is Peter Sutcliffe. He can't be uh, long for this world, can he? He's got 20 life sentences. He did have a heart attack last year. So uh, we can only hope the next one is fatal. I would be sort of too rude about it, but to be honest with you, he did murder 20 women. And um, he's preparing for a free funeral offered by an undertaker pal, and he said, nobody will ever find my grave because I'm going to change my name. You're even more stupid than I thought you were in the first place. Of course they're going to find your grave. Of course they're going to find it. He fears that vandals will target him after his death. You probably fear right, I should imagine. There'll be people looking to... Uh, let's, uh, let's face it, they've had to sort of, you know, concrete over... Jimmy Savile. In fact, I wasn't sure if they dug Jimmy Savile up and moved him somewhere else. I can't remember that one now. I know that the uh, the grave came down pretty quickly. And so P- Peter Sutcliffe, he says he knows he will die in custody. Oh, well, there you go. One correct thing you've come up with. Of course you will. You've got 20 life sentences, which thankfully in your case actually means 20 life sentences. Why did I keep this one here? Oh, two things. Two reasons. First of all, out on the beach, Melanie Sykes, 190, with a photographer. Again, sort of standing there posing in a little bikini. Uh, she was, um, she's going to be reviving her Radio 2 show, All the Trimmings, with Alan Carr. Oh, I don't think you should. Oh, I don't think you should. No. I shall tell you for why. Because Alan Carr's DVD sales are disastrous. Um, his new live DVD, uh, The Chatty Man's Festive Offering, Yap, 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 has sold 1,600 copies in the first week. Now... 1,600 copies is a disaster. Last night it was 57 in the DVD charts. Michael McIntyre's Happy and Glorious, released the same day, sold 80,000 copies. Gives you a rough idea, doesn't it? And John Bishop's Supersonic Live sold 50,000. A source said selling under 2,000 for a comedian with Alan's profile is deeply disappointing. Um, His Tooth Fairy clocked up uh, 30,000 sales in the first two days. His spokeswoman said it's early days. It's not really. It's not really. And I have to be honest, I've started cringing at the show. 
I've started cringing at it, which actually is very rare for me because I, I love chat shows. I, I enjoy watching the whole the whole thing, but uh, it's just too camp. It's just too camp. I think the British public have kind of moved away from overtly camp, you know, chat show hosts. I know there's quite a number of chat show hosts who are gay, but you know, you don't have to be that camp to get an audience. I mean, it's just it's pitiful to watch on occasions. It's a case of oh, let's have another drink, shall we? And so we go and have another drink, and then it just... You might as well just go and stand in a pub and record a load of people on Geordie Shore. Get roughly the same kind of effects. So I'm not at all surprised that the, the DVD's not selling. I think that kind of uh, humour's filtering out a little bit. You know, when you look at Graham Norton, and you look at the calibre of the guests he gets, and you look at... You know, I mean, Graham Norton's had some super guests. I mean, really super. Alan Carr scraping the barrel. Yvette Fielding. Oh, my God in heaven. You might as well put on, you know, the wooden tops... And sort of uh, anybody from, from any programme that's down on its luck. I can't think of any off the top of my head, actually, at the moment. I'm sure I will. Um, I will tell you about the, uh, the rooftop protesters and the Palace security scare. They must have some really bad security down at Buckingham Palace. If people can actually get in there, and I know exactly where they got in, it's down the side. Not at the front, obviously, because that you'd see somebody. But at the side, it was obviously quite easy. Put a ladder up against the wall, climb onto the wall, jump onto the roof, and there they are. Not difficult at all. Uh, the Rolex watch, which belonged to one of the great escape prisoner of wars, could fetch 50 grand. And uh, the strange story, and it is a strange story, of, um, of the bread star who suffered sex abuse hell as a teenager. This is Graham Bickley. Graham Bickley uh, took over as Joey in Bread. He was on my... Pro- God, I lost track of how many times Graham Bickley was on my show. He's about 57 now, I think. But he was... Um, Big, big star. Musical star. Really, really nice guy. I mean, really, really, really nice guy. So you can imagine my shock when I open up the papers and read that he, he talks about his sex abuse hell as a teenager. He said, and it nearly got to court. He said, but then it, it didn't. I mean, he, he, was, he was in everything. He was in Les Miserables, Metropolis, Miss Saigon, Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I mean, he did everything. He's performed with every orchestra you can think of. He did a series of concerts with Carl Davis. Uh, he did Bernstein's Wonderful Town. He did Guys and Dolls, Jesus Christ Superstar. There was nothing, absolutely nothing, that uh, that Graham Bickley has, has not done. I mean, he did the national tour of High Society. Uh, he also did Good Thing Going. He celebrated the music of Rogers and Hammerstein. He's the director of the Theatre Royal Drury Lane Theatrical Fund. I mean, he's, he's just super. So when I read something like that, I went, poor, blimey. Could have knocked me sideways. Absolutely knocked me sideways. So we're going to that a little bit, uh, little bit later on, because it's not a good thing to, uh, to read in the newspapers. The Apprentice has been left in turmoil. We'll tell you after the news exactly why. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. It's Monday the 30th of November. Merry Christmas. A little bit early. Yes, I realise. I realise. Uh, apparently, Savile's grave was concreted over, but he's not been dug up because his charitable trust, yes, it still exists, uh, doesn't want to pay the 20 grand needed to do it. Why would it cost 20 grand? I'm always fascinated by these amounts of money. I mean, he's in a coffin in the ground, £20,000. I mean, how ridiculous, isn't it, really? Anyway, um, Stephen Bradford says, I've got asthma and have not had the flu jab because it just made me feel worse. No flu jab, feel better. Well, I'm definitely trying it next year. Definitely. I mean, I can't believe it. Every year, blasted flu jab and I, I, I get ill. Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, so over in The Apprentice, which I've not been watching, on the odd occasion I have seen it, and I love uh, Alan Sugar, 
Uh, somebody's quit. They say it was left in turmoil after Scott Saunders sensationally quit the show. It wasn't left in turmoil at all. He didn't contribute anything. It was a complete and utter waste of space. Even Lord Sugar said, you know, I don't want you anyway. You're doing me a massive favour. The trouble is these, these buffoons, these frauds, go on the television. You know, they've seen the programme before. They know exactly what it is. And yet halfway down the line, you know, because somebody picks on them and poor little Scott... Little Scott Thorne, does he just couldn't cope with people picking on him, so Diddums decided to go out. But he says, Thank you, I quit. Good, well, good riddance to bad rubbish. And he said he, he felt picked on, they were like vultures. Uh, he did everything he could. Uh, this is uh, Lord Sugar was ruthless, he tore everything apart. That's why he's very successful, Scott, and you're not. Okay, it's kind of it shouldn't be too difficult to explain to people, should it? The reason that Lord Sugar is sitting on that program is because he's very successful. So he's ruthless in business. So diddums you couldn't cope with being told something. Kind of tough, kind of tough. You know that's the program. And if you seriously think that you're going to make anything of yourself now, well, you know, good luck. That's what I can say. Because I've seen this program on odd occasions. I don't watch it religiously or unreligiously. Other religions are available. You know, I just sort of watch it and I think to myself, I can see through people. I've, I've been interviewing people for ages and ages and ages and I can read people, you know, from a mile off. I can tell somebody who's genuine. I can tell somebody who's a fraud. I can tell somebody who's sort of bluffing it. I'm just very good at that. That's what I do for a living. I'm very good at it. And so when I watch all the people on The Apprentice and every year we see them sitting there in their poncy suits and the girls are put makeup on, you know, whereas normally they just sort of throw concrete at their face, you know, and go like that and then sort of carve out where the eyes should be. And, and you look at them and you think, you're just bluffing. You're just coming up with what you think people want to hear in big business. Whereas, in fact, biz- I mean, big business is, is not like that at all. It's what Sugar's doing. That's why he's worth that much money. And poor little Scott, you know, couldn't cope with it. I mean, I suggest you go and have your eyebrows re- redone and sort of get your hair done again and try and make something of yourself. But don't bleat on about it. It just makes you sound even worse. I was watching a Michael J. Fox film the other day. It's an old one, but I like watching it. The Secret of My Success, where he goes in to this uh, company... And he starts off as the male boy, but he wants to he wants to move himself up. So he has a fling with with the boss's wife, and and he moves up the company. And it's it's a nice little film actually. It's a sort of a reminiscent of the of the days when everything was was available like that. And uh, and I quite liked it. That's what I think really Scott should do, because it's just you know to sort of walk out of a program shows that they were absolutely right about you. You just weren't up to the mark. You weren't able to do what they wanted to do. You weren't you weren't able to be strong enough. Ridiculous. Uh, Steve, I'm shocked with the filth that Alan Carr spews out. It's just not funny. That's the difference. I I think the difference is, if you've got a chat show on the television, as all of you know, I'm watching it mainly for the guests. So if somebody's got, you know, I don't know, can't think of anybody, Sylvester Stallone and Julie Andrews or something like that, I'm going to be watching it rather than dreary old Yvette Fielding. But then, you see, it's the chat show host that can make it. You know with sort of Jonathan Ross that nine out of ten times he has to brown-nose his guests to try and get some interview out because it's an old act. He's been doing it for a while. And he freely admitted the other day that he'll always tell people he loved the film if he hasn't seen it and he thought it was a turkey. So he's kind of given that little bit away, whereas I'm always brutally honest with people. If I haven't seen it, I don't bother doing the interview. It's as simple as that. There's no point in lying to people about it. So, um, So when you watch Graham Norton, he's very good. He's very good at doing what he does. And, um, and Alan Carr, I just think, has lost his way. I just don't think, you know, that sort of camp stuff from years ago might have worked first time round. But gradually, more and more, and the Americans just don't get it at all. The only person they actually got 
uh, a short while ago was Peter Kay, and that was the worst interview I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, that really was dreadful. I saw Peter Kay the other day. They did clip on the television, because I turned on the telly. When was it? It must have been Friday, Thursday. No, it can't have been Friday. It must have been, perhaps it was Saturday, I don't know. And they've got the, um, the Strictly Come Dancing extra. And there's Eamon Holmes again. I mean, what, does he ever stay in? Is he just out there for the free booze and the food or something? And he was on some programme. Who was he on? Oh, that's right. They actually showed a clip of him on this morning where they had um, Paul, Paul um, uh, what's it, K on there. And, uh, and he said, oh, oh, we're like twins and all the rest of it. And finally, finally, old Holmes, he admitted that he does stuff himself and that he's a fat bloke. It's as simple as that. But when they turned up on the Strictly programme, I thought, he must be the oldest person that we're using on television at the moment. You know, give it a rest, for goodness sake. You can't need the money anymore, surely. Well, I'll, I'll keep Ruth, if you don't mind. But Eamon should stay in more. He is beginning to look like he'd be happier in a, in a dressing gown and a pair of slippers. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> excuse me, oh, there you go, first, first cough of the morning. But uh, looking at Alan Carr's show, just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. They can't get the guests, and, uh, and it's, just not, it's just not funny, I'm afraid. It's just not funny, and I, and I just don't know why it's still there. Wendy and Farber says Peter Sutcliffe should be cremated and his ashes put in a rubbish bin. Well, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to expect to see him buried. Certainly don't expect to see him buried. Peter Sutcliffe, I don't think so. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I'm 67, says Peter. Never had the flu job, never had winter flu. I get four tangerines from a stall at the bottom of Villiers Street every morning. There you go. Well, I've got my tangerines here, which are quite nice. Got my little bottle of water, which is good. Somebody said, uh, somebody said a shot of brandy, teaspoon of honey and hot water, no more cough and a good sleep. Oh, I couldn't sleep the other night. God, it was dire. It was absolutely awful. And literally, in the end, I thought, you know, I'm going to get out of bed and go and lie in front of the television, which is exactly what I did, and sort of dozed off for about an hour or so. But uh, in the end, you know what I had this morning? I had this morning, not, not this morning, actually, last night, because I couldn't sleep, because uh, I think I'd done so much sleeping yesterday. Um, I had a prawn cocktail and two slices of bread and butter. Oh my God, what is going on in my stomach, ladies and gentlemen? What is going on? Uh, Lorraine says, the reason why you're allowed to the flu jab is because you'll have been in- inoculated with a strain of flu predicted for that year. Therefore, builds up your resistance to that one. Every year, every year it goes like that. It's so annoying, so annoying. James says, have you done panto before? I do it every morning on this programme. This is pantomime. It's just I'm doing it by myself, which, you know, I don't mind. I can quite happily do panto by myself. I don't need other people. I don't need people to say, oh, yes, you can. Oh, no, you can't. I don't need anything like that. I can, I can manage it. On the subject of Lord Sugar, and uh, I'm always convinced, says Paul, that Alan Sugar is Sir James's love child. Yeah, <laughs> there, is a, there is a similarity, isn't there? Uh, I've just ordered three bottles of black peppercorn body wash, says Jan. And I think I'll be ordering more. Did you see Tyson Fury serenade his wife after winning his heavyweight world champion title on Saturday night? Bizarre, to say the least. Yes. Actually, the funny thing, what, is, what has he bought with his winnings? A new caravan to go at the back of his house. Just hope he pays tax. That's all I care about. I'm not worried about anything else that people do nowadays. Just pay your tax and we'll all be happy. Uh, the best thing about cold weather is our tap water, says Pauline. It's delicious. I can't drink. T- Actually, I've not drunk tap water for... God, years. Years and years. I can't remember the last time. I, I mean, I've done it occasionally, but I do prefer bottled water. I don't know. I've, I've got no idea why. I cannot explain to you why I enjoy bottled water. But I keep it in the fridge, and I like it. And do you know what I wanted to get the other day, and I can't find it anywhere? Yacht play. 
I wanted yacht plate. I nearly pinched somebody's the other day from the fridge. It was sitting round in one of our sister stations, and I opened the fridge, and oh, they've got some yacht plate. And I, th- I don't know what it is. I think it's like a drinking yogurt. I think, hence yacht play. I think that's a play on words or something. And so I looked at it and I picked it up and it, it was it was unopened. And I thought, and it was strawberry. And I like strawberry flavour. And I thought, perhaps I could pinch it. And then I thought, no, that would be really bad. That's somebody else's. So I didn't take it. And so I then trolleyed around Twickenham trying to find yacht play. Well, I can't find it in Waitrose. They don't do it in Marks and Spencers. They don't do it in Iceland. Where do they do this stuff? And what is it? It, it, it is drinking yoghurt, isn't it? I love yoghurt. I love it. I, I do buy low-fat yoghurt. I bought one the other day. It said strawberry. Well, I couldn't find any strawberries in it at all. So yesterday I bought prune. I know. doesn't bode well for the future, does it, really? <laughs> I quite like the idea, though, of, of, of yacht play. I think I've definitely got to go for that. Definitely. Uh, Paul says, I had a bad cough. They gave me a Ventolin inhaler. Really? That's for asthma. Ventolin inhalers. Why would they give you that? Yacht play. Here, here we go. What is it, though? You see, I, w- I want the tall one. I don't want this one here. It's a tall bottle. And I think you kind of pour it out. I'm sure you just drink it. I'm quite sure. So far, I'm not having much luck with this one here. It says, let's share it. Don't share it. I just want to drink the blooming stuff. So there it says, products and flavours. There we go. So down, down, down. No, it's, it's, it's definitely a... Uh, it's the Yacht Play Juice. Yacht Play Juice. It didn't look like that in the... What do they do? What's that one at the end? Is that banana? Yacht Play Yogurt and Juice. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Interesting, isn't it? If I freeze my yoghurt, will it stay good longer than the sell-by date? We still recommend consuming the product to cook. Yeah, so in other words, don't. Why can't I find my favourite Yacht Play in my store? I don't know. So you then have to contact Yacht Play. Other things are available. But it's the one I saw in the fridge. I was so tempted. I, I nearly pinched it. I nearly pinched it, but I thought, no, don't, don't. You've been such trouble. Such trouble, because I've never pinched anything out of the fridge before, I don't think. No, I haven't, actually. I have been searching on other floors for, uh, for milk and things like that. But I've definitely got to get some today. I might have to go to Tesco. God, honestly. The things I have to do with my life. <laughs> Quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Well, it's two five. It's Monday, the 30th of November. Hollywood scouts, here we go, are plotting a movie telling the, wait for it, the racks to riches story of footy star Jamie Vardy. Who? Jamie Vardy. Why would Hollywood be, be remotely interested in the Leicester striker who's enjoyed a sensational rise from non-league football and this weekend scored in a record-breaking 11th consecutive Premier League match? Don't make films about that. It was so stupid. I've never heard so much rubbish. Anyway, apparently, the bloke writing it says it's the kind of story that if we made it up, people wouldn't believe it. I don't believe it now. Why would you be? Who'd go and see that? Somebody nobody's ever heard of. Who plays for Leicester City? Grow up. Don't be so stupid. The rubbish they put in the papers nowadays. You seriously see Hollywood go, oh, let's risk 50 million on that one. Who's it about? Jamie Vardy. Who'd he play for? Leicester. Who? Leicester. Leicester who? Leicester. He played for Leicester. What is he? Is he a strike? Was he fly or something? No? No, he's just a, a 28-year-old, and he's uh, he scored a lot of goals in a record-breaking 11th consecutive... God, I mean, it's dull already, isn't it? God, blimey, I'd rather stay in and eat a hot dog all by myself. Apparently, to break the Premier League record with a sublime goal against Man United pushed him to the top of our agenda. Oh, bully whoopee-doo. Well, just 
sit me down on a ledge, push me off and call me Susan. I can't believe it. Why? Who'd be remotely interested in that? Apparently, they say he, he uh, while turning out for Sheffield Minnows, Stockbridge Park Seals, he earned £30 a week and worked in a factory making medical splints. Oh, God, it's the stuff dreams are made of, isn't it? Shame he didn't work at Roehampton. He'd go there and just your webbing or something. Have you ever heard so much drivel in your entire life? God, blimey. Almost as bad as the horrified father of the female fanatic killed with the Paris massacre has spoken of his anguish at her links to the incomprehensible slaughter of 130 people. He said he's struggling to come to terms with how joyous little girl Hasna could have been a sympathiser. You better get over yourself, mate. You better get over yourself. What do you mean you can't... I mean, why is it parents have no idea at all what their kids get up to nowadays? They seem to know nothing, do they? They know nothing. Every time you read about... Kids in the in the newspapers, they go, so-and-so was really troubled and they were being bullied at school. Parents don't know. You know, kids are sort of... Oh, so there was some MP, actually. Here's an odd one. Um, which is saying that kids should not be told off for sending um, sexting. So, in other words, send nude pictures of yourself. Apparently, it's OK nowadays. I don't think so. Especially in the case of that premiership footballer. Still waiting for a name. It's bound to come out soon, isn't it? At some point, people can't keep things quiet. Somebody will know about it, and somebody will say, actually, it's this. And by the time it hits the internet, you know, then people are going to start speculating. I mean, what... I spoke to a friend of mine the other day, and I said, what footballer with half a brain cell would see a girl in the street in a school uniform? They then swap numbers for some inexplicable reason. I can't That one I can't get to grips with either. And then he sends a picture of his manhood. I mean... I can't quite... Why would you do that? Unless you really were stupid. Or you were in Towie or something like that. Or you are in Made in Chelsea. I mean, poor little Spencer Matthews and Jamie Lang. I mean, what an embarrassment all round. Anyway, here is uh, Princess Charlotte. Just looks like any other happy little child. About to enter a, a, an absolute fortune. Never going to worry about anything. Never going to worry about money, bills. Nothing. Nothing at all. And so here she is playing with a jelly cat. Fuddle-Waddle at their Norfolk home. Isn't it lovely? And uh, they're, they're £17. The paper tell you everything about them. And it's great. And uh, so now every parent is going to be going, my daughter wants a Fuddle-Waddle as well. Apparently you can give them to babies and everything. It's just it's a, it's a stuffed toy. And that's, that's all I can tell you. It's a stuffed toy and it looks like a stuffed toy. I think stuffed toys are great, don't get me wrong. I just think that every time they mention it and it's in connection with a royal person, immediately the whole country goes into meltdown so that people can go and get one. The I'm a Celeb crew fled camp as it was battered by rain, thunder and lightning. Actually, I watched David Attenborough the other day. There's a programme on the television with David Attenborough and it's another one of these things that he does brilliantly where they, they look at the hunted and it's, 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 I shouldn't really be watching it, to be honest with you, because I'm, I just feel immensely, so I think the film crew should intervene. I think the film crew should intervene to save wildebeest children, because the, the wildebeest were there, and, uh, and the, uh, was it a leopard? I think it was a leopard, that's right, because leopards can run fast, but only for a few seconds, and they can easily outrun a wildebeest. So what they have to do is they sort of sit there watching, they have to, it's got to be worked out, I think one in... Ten strikes by a leopard is successful. The rest of the time, they're useless. Absolutely. They would sit there and go, I'm really sorry. They'd pretend they were doing the nails. And, uh, and so they had this sort of, you know, herd of wildebeest striding majestically over the plains. And uh, what the, uh, the leopard does, if they're desperate to eat, then they target either the, uh, the infirm, which means that those who've got a limp, or failing that, little wildebeest. 
And you could see that they were going to get this, this wildebeest. And what the leopard has to do, and it's, I mean, it's, when you think about it, it's actually quite clever. And as I said, I feel really awful that I'm watching it on the telly because I feel I'm watching the end of some poor animal's life and I don't like that. Anyway, the, the leopard has to trip it up. If it can't actually leap onto its back, it trips it up. And once it's tripped it up, then it's, it's, it's curtains. And uh, it was curtains for this particular wildebeest. It just sort of went, and it, it, it got it down. I mean, I shouldn't imagine there was much of a meal there. And then water buffalo. Lions, and lions have to be very careful because water buffalo are very dangerous. Not many people want to take on a water buffalo. They can inflict serious injury. And um, out of all the odds, there's one water buffalo decided to wander away from the others and have a sort of a day in the park by himself, which, of course, was fatal because there are the lions waiting and it's a pride. And uh, the lions know exactly how dangerous water buffalo are. So they attempt to stalk it. The buffalo turns round and uh, those haunt, they've got to watch it. Now, the lions can only do this for so long because they burn up in the heat. I learned all of this yesterday. I've become an expert on hunting. If ever I wanted to go out and kill a wildebeest or kill a water buffalo, I can do it. I know how to do it now. And so these lions, eventually they get the water buffalo on its back. And they start eating it alive. And against all the odds, it gets up. It gets up. And it gores one of the lions. And you feel like cheering. Because you thought that the end was in sight. The water buffalo was not going to make it. They'd st- oh, sorry. They'd actually started um, uh, by- uh, biting its nose off. And biting its leg. Oh, I mean, just dreadful things. You know what lions are like. No sense of the occasional manners or anything at all. And so, against all the odds, the water buffalo gets up. Well, it freaks the lions out completely. And in the end, it wanders off. You know, it's got bits hanging off it, but by God, it's still alive. And I sort of cheered, and I was was sort of quite... I'm intrigued by these programmes, looking at the hunted, you know, and then ducks. Ducks everywhere. Millions and millions of ducks. And at this particular time of the year, the, um, the big eagles come down. They sit in the trees, and... What they have to do... Oh, shut up. What they have to do is uh, they have to wait for the water that they sit on to freeze. Because that way the ducks find it difficult to take off. And they're looking for ducks who've, um, who've again, who've been caught up in millions of them taking off at the same time. And so these eagles drop out of the sky and you get ducks who are limping along the ice. You think, you're going to die, you're going to die. And you want to shout at them, run faster. But of course it doesn't help, does it? But he, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the only person who can ever do programmes like that is David Attenborough. Nobody can do anything as, as well as him and the camera crew who go out there. And it was just, it was so, so brilliantly done. And I was, I was fascinated. So I can't wait for the DVD. I've obviously got some mercenary streak inside me. Uh, Steve says, maybe the likes of uh, uh, Alan Carr and Graham Norton are not as talented as previous camp stars like Kenneth Williams, Frankie Howard, Larry Grayson and many others who can still make us laugh. Playing camp for camp's sake doesn't work. You see, I don't think, though, that Graham Norton's particularly camp. I really don't. Whereas I think Alan Carr is just too camp. You know, I, just, I know the audience are sitting in there and, and they get sometimes some good guests, but they're, they're very few and far between. They really are very few and far between. And I just, that's why perhaps his new uh, DVD is not sold. Perhaps people are moving away from Alan Carr. Perhaps they're looking for something else. But we do have loads of chat shows on the television. Everybody's doing a chat show. You know, every Tom, Dick and Harry thinks that they can get out there and do a chat show. And it's not easy. Look at, look at what Graham Norton does. And you suddenly realise that it's, uh, it's an art form. It really is an art form to actually not just talk to one person, but to involve all the other people and make them feel as though, you know, they're all getting their sixpenneth. 
It was like poor old uh, Russell Harty years ago fell foul of uh, that guy. Who was that dreadful woman? Who that Russell Harty? She hit Russell Harty. She's very famous for it. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Oh, what an evil old bag she turned out to be. And she sat there. He'd done the interview. He turns to talk to his other guest. And she, don't turn your back on me. And she hits him. Stupid woman. Luckily, no career to talk of. You know, just really dreadfully, dreadfully naff. And uh, as I say, I mean, now she's probably in her last dotage years, as you'd imagine. But uh, it, it's an art to do, a, to do a chat show and to keep it entertaining for not only the audience in the studio, but the guests and the audience at home. To try and get all of that is, uh, is a difficult thing. Uh, more bad weather's on the way. And guess who's coming out of prison shortly? Stuart Hall. Apparently next month. Next month he's coming out of prison, they say. He's, uh, he's paid £17.50 a week. He makes curtains, towels, jackets and jogging bottoms. And um, he's due for release on the 17th of December when he'll have served half of two jail terms, totalling five years. Unbelievable, isn't it, really? I mean, he's been placed on the sex offenders register for ten years. Don't we have... Is there no sentencing that the, the courts have in this country? The amount of people, especially over this weekend, who've sort of been accused of some of the most heinous crimes and, uh, and they go, suspended sentence... You think, what do you have to do now to get something? Apart from the Yorkshire Ripper, who's serving 20 life sentences, you know. But, uh, as I say, it's, it's, it's pretty much a cushy lifestyle in Rampton and Broadmoor and places like that. It's not, it's not so common. They can wander about, they can hold court, they do whatever they do. It's, 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 it's a little bit tragic, actually, really. There appears to be no deterrent, does there? No deterrent. We've seen pictures in the papers all the time. Of, you know, lags, old lags there. They've got spliffs going on and, you know, they've got their mobile phones. And you think... God, is prison life that cushy? And the answer is yes, it blooming well is, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up very shortly, news at five o'clock this morning. It's the 30th of November. The pressure mounts to axe the party chairman in the Tatler Tory storm. This one is not going away. It's very unfair. Littlewood site is dearer than the sister firm for exactly the same stuff. Uh, the TV show, they're hunting for 20 volunteers to build Eden in the wild. It's another naff reality show. The £13.5 million lottery winner still living in a council house. Should he be thrown out and go and buy somewhere else? Uh, the rooftop protesters in the palace security scare. Today, online, you're going to spend a billion pounds. Are you really? On what? The bright-eyed princess aged six months, Gemma Collins in another disastrous relationship. And Storm Cloder, brat- sorry, batters the UK. I'm Steve Allen. Good morning. On Steve Allen on LBC. Certainly is. Nice to have your company. Four minutes past five. It's uh, Monday. Sorry about that. 30th of November. It's miserable. It's horrible weather. And it's going to get worse. Apparently Storm Cloder is going to batter the UK. Oh, blimey. Honestly. Does it ever get... I mean, sunshine. Nice bit of sunshine would be good, wouldn't it? Just, pl- just please a little bit of sunshine. Uh, here it is, the next toy that's going to sell out. Yes, it's because it's pictured in the papers today and because the, uh, the royal baby's got it, you're going to want it as well. And it looks cute and it looks lovely and it's called a fuddle-waddle. Small wonder that children grow up not understanding what on earth adults are saying to them. <laughs> Fuddle Waddle, and here it is, it'll sell very well. And uh, has Davis Cup here, Andy, got himself a knighthood? I do hope not. I know that seems a bit churlish, doesn't it, really? But to be honest with you, he, is, he, he does play tennis. That's what he gets paid a lot of money for. And I'm, I'm, I mean, he's, he's paid a lot of money because we're expecting him to win. And the end result is that we then have to give him a knighthood. For what? For what? It's like sort of saying, oh, well done, Steve Allen, you managed to turn up this morning because you weren't very well yesterday morning. Uh, I think knighthood, something like that. 
you know, why do we give people knighthoods for doing the job that they get very well paid for? I mean, I think Sir Steve Allen, Sir Steve, Sir Steve of Twickenham. Kind of has a ring to it, doesn't it, really, actually? What am I going to put on the checkbook? I'm going to get my little jumble printing outfit out. No, I don't think he should have a knighthood. I think it's ridiculous. You know, oh, yeah, we've got Sir Bradley Wiggins. You know, things like that. Because all these people do this for a living. That's what they're, that's what, you know, might as well give it to everybody. Let's all have one, shall we? Mind you, you realise you can nominate anybody for a night to Adora. See, you just write to the Prime Minister's office and you go, I really think that Sheila Fogarty should definitely get an award. Uh, James O'Brien, nothing at all. No, nothing. We don't want to give him. Not after last Christmas's little escapade. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, Peter Andre's out of the dancing. Loves his kids. Of course, then Peter said, it was my time to go. No, dear, it was your time to go before you started, when you became lazy. So he'll be going on every television programme today. I should imagine this morning, I've already booked a car for little Pete to sit on there and sort of try and do his serious bit, which we all collapse in laughter at. You know, Peter Andre go, yeah, because I really sort of learnt something. But of course, you know, he has a tour that he's trying to flog at the moment. So he needed to be out of it so he could rehearse for that. And he's hardly seen the wife at all. But there again, Ems is so gorgeous, she'll probably just look in the mirror and turn into something more interesting. Uh, eating out is our recipe for a stress-free Christmas dinner, which is what I told you last year and the year before. Although this year we're not doing it. It was so expensive last year that, uh, that we, we sort of decided that we're going to try and do it yourself. Because you look on average, a Christmas dinner, most places, average, if you're going to a hotel, you can pay 40, 50 quid a head Average. Average. Find out how much the... Um, let, let's pick two London hotels. Find out how much the Savoy are doing Christmas lunch for. And which other one shall we pick? Which other one shall we pick? The Savoy and the Ritz. The Ritz. Christmas lunch in both places. And let's see just how much you're going to be paying for uh, for in these... I mean, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fabulous. Real and Carr... He had uh, Grace Jones on his show on Friday, says Kay. It was sheer debauchery. Uh, Grace was clearly clearly drunk when she claimed... No, she's like that. She's like that. And uh, Alan, I mean, it was... The trouble is, I mean, you know, it's just... Nobody else wants her. Nobody else wants her at all, actually. Storm Cloder, says Paul in Hove. Yes, Cloder Rogers, as in play. OK, the Ritz. No, it's not, is it really? Is that what it is for Christmas lunch? Have they got a Christmas menu? Can you tell me what you get for... It's not really. Tell me it's not that price. Is it really? That's the Ritz. OK, go on. Guess at home, ladies and gentlemen. This is in London. For those of you listening out, Leeds, Manchester Way and things like that. Uh, morning, Danny. Morning, everybody else. Morning, Jordan. And uh, how much do you think the Ritz is charging for Christmas lunch? That makes ours sound quite cheap, actually. £425 per adult. £200 per child. Are you sure? That seems terribly excessive. Are you sure that isn't for the whole room or something like that? That's on, on Christmas Day, yeah, for Christmas. £425? Blimey. Even I'm shocked by that. That does seem a lot, doesn't it? And the Savoy, we, we, we're finding out the Savoy as well. That's for, blimey, it makes our one the other year. What did we pay the other year? We paid about 80-something quid a head, and we thought that was quite pricey. It's only a bit of turkey. I mean, I'm sure it's done beautifully at the Ritz. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if, if you've really got loads of money and you've won the lottery, £425 per person. Good God. I'd, I'd, want, I'd expect to take the furniture away with me for that price. That seems an awful lot of money. £200 for a child. I'd be saying to them, eat more. Eat more. Make sure we get full value on this one. So, in other words, if there's two adults and two children, that's uh, 850 1000 
That's about 1,200 for your Christmas lunch. I hope that's including all the booze and everything else. Wow. That's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Anyway, we'll, we'll let you know how much it is at the, uh, at the Savoy. Oh, dear. Oh, it's mu- much better at the Savoy. It's much more reasonable. £195 for an adult and 95 per child. I think, much as I adore the Ritz, I think the Savoy's winning hands down on this one. Should we try Premier... No, no, so... No. I was just wondering, actually, what, I mean, £195. You said, that's almost doable. I say almost do- Don't think for a minute I could ever afford anything like that. I certainly couldn't afford the Ritz. Well, let's, um, how much is the Lanesborough? The Lanesborough is a lovely hotel. That's very nice. I've had afternoon tea there. I'm just curious. That, uh, I'm obviously hopelessly out of touch with money, aren't I? Sorry about that. I mean, it's kind of upset my Monday. But that's that's what people do now. If you want to take away the stress for Christmas, then you uh, you go and uh, and you get a hotel to do it. But at four hundred and twenty-five pounds per person, that does seem an awful lot. You know, it does seem an awful lot. Um, but it seems a hell of a lot, actually, <laughs> a hell of a lot. So we're now trying to find out. The Lanesborough is is beautiful. Oh, you have to contact them, and and they'll tell. You, the price. Is that what... Oh, right. Oh, right. It's a nice room at the Lanesbury. It is a lovely room, actually. That's a bad sign, though, isn't it, really? Where they say, can you contact and they give you a rough idea? Well, that's £695. What do you actually get at the Ritz? I mean, just a matter of interest for, for £425 per person. My boss is listening. He'll be staying at home with the family this year, I should imagine. That's, an, that's a heck of a lot of money, isn't it? Um, uh, Six-course meal, live entertainment, a magician... Children entertainment, caricature. Well, I love caricatures and a visit from Santa. Well, that was, well, there you go. That's why. And a fr- and a, do you have Christmas crackers on the table? Hmm. Hmm. I love Christmas crackers. I gauge the whole of Christmas around how good the the cracker contents are. I'm a little bit naughty. I know Tom Smith's other crackers are available. Are the most famous crackers in the world. But if you go to Garrard's, they can they actually do a set of crackers for fifty thousand pounds. So in other words, you 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 spend fifty thousand pounds and you decide what jewellery you want to actually put in each cracker. I don't want anybody round to my place where there's jewellery in the crackers. I'd earlier if there's somebody that rich, they can go and eat elsewhere. Probably the Ritz, I should imagine. Oh, Lane's present. What other hotel can we think of? I'm going to think of some more hotels actually. The Dorchester. Yeah, the Dorchester. Let's find out how much the Dorchester charge for for Christmas lunch. Which is, uh, which is good, actually. Uh, Steve, funny they didn't mention the cuddly toy that Charlotte had on Black Friday. I take it they want to sell it for the full price. They do different sizes of this cuddly toy, this fuddly-wuddly or whatever. It, it'll Put it this way, I should imagine the firm have gone into overtime now. The moment it's been mentioned with a royal child, everybody wants it. Do you remember the, the Diana ring? When she got engaged to Charles, seems many, many years ago, doesn't it? You know, that one, all of a sudden there were copies of it available on the market. The Diana hairstyle, people were taking things into their hairdressers saying, I want to look like this. So anything connected to the royal family means that it has, um, it has a, a premium on it because people want it. And so, for, like when Delia Smith used to do a recipe and say, this pan is the best for doing it, the company that made them couldn't keep up with the orders. The endorsements are, are sort of fantastic. I mean, I don't know whether the royal family paid for the cuddly wuddly or whether they didn't. I've got no idea. Either way, it means that this toy will be the must-have toy for this Christmas. You watch the, the firm. They'll be contacting them later on today going, have you sold many? Sold many? They can't keep up with it. Can't keep up with it. 
Uh, leopards don't run, they stalk in trees and bush. It was a cheetah. Oh, it's the same sort of thing. It runs and it kills animals, for goodness sake. Uh, another one here. Uh, they keep going on about her being a schoolgirl, says Tom in Essex. She was 18. Still a schoolgirl. Still a schoolgirl. She was in school uniform. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. What nonsense about Jamie Vardy. Never a film. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, who'd be buying that around the world? Nobody. If they, if, at your local Locarno, they went, oh, a film about Jamie Vardy. You'd be going, oh? That'd be straight out on DVD, wouldn't it, really? Wouldn't be bothering with that one at all. Chill drinks wreck the vocal cords, says John. Uh, the body cannot tell the difference between ice cold drinks and any icy blast and reacts in the same way. Activia strawberry yoghurt by Danon. Danon? It's delicious, says D. Others are available. Uh, large marshmallows, says Kate. Oh, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not really into marshmallows. Um, uh, the Jeremy Kyle Show. Talking of programmes that have descended into chaos... I know. I feel a bit sorry for uh, for Jeremy Kyle, actually. He's sort of fighting a losing battle. I mean, it is, it is the battle on the programme of the Toothless Wonders, isn't it? It's the battle of all the people with... Uh, oh, the Dorchester, 195 as well, excluding wine. Are they offering anything else, though? Because the, the Ritz is offering a caricaturist. And I don't know if you've ever... Oh, that looks nice, doesn't it? OK, so uh, the Christmas Day menu. This is where? This is... Which one is this? This is the uh, the Dorchester collection, okay, and <coughs> so they've got um, mini wagyu beef sliders. Champagne is Laurent Perrier, and then they've got uh, a choice of um, all sorts of things: roasted turkey, Scottish salmon, ribeye steak, New York sirloin steak. It's only a six a six ounce steak. It's a bit small, isn't it? Merely sides for the table: French fries with herbs, broccoli rapini, chili. Wild field mushrooms, as opposed to what? And the sweet decadence, a choice of sticky toffee pudding. Tangerine gelato sounds nice, doesn't it? Bramley apple and blackberry crumble. God, we're so simple, aren't we? 195. Oh, wait a bit, there's more on top of that. That includes that, but excludes a 12.5% service charge. Wow. If you suffer from a food allergy or an intolerance, then do please let them know. And they can sort of accommodate you. So there you go. If you're thinking of spending uh, Christmas... In a top London hotel, that's what you're going to be paying. Anywhere between £195 and £425 per person. Merry Christmas. Quarter past five. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from seven. Only on LBC. 5.20 is the time. Nick Ferrari at breakfast at seven. They'll be speaking to two Labour MPs who tell us what the people who voted them into power have been telling them when it comes to Syrian airstrikes. Turkey's set to get a €3 billion Euro and possibly membership of the EU as part of a migrant deal. But do we want them in the EU? Should those serving life sentences for crimes including murder and rape be allowed home for Christmas? Well, well we just open all the prisons and just, you know, just pop out when you feel like it. I love the way they all say so-and-so's absconded from a prison. The public are warned to be, you know, not to approach them because they're highly dangerous. And I think, well, what do they look like? How are we supposed to know these things? Ridiculous. And also the young Conservative destroyed by the party he loved. They'll be speaking to the father of a 21-year-old Tory youth activist who took his own life after allegations of bullying. Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 after the morning news with Lisa Aziz, Douglas Murray, Associate Director of the Henry Jackson Society, author and media commentator, will be looking through the papers for today. Um, Lurgy is sweeping the country. They used to call it the Lurgy. Oh, you've got the Lurgy. That meant it could be anything from a cough, a cold, a sneeze, 
you know, wheezing. Oh, God, dreadful. You know, and you just feel bunged up. You feel so awful. And uh, and then it turns out that everybody else has got it at the same time. Uh, Glenn says, did the wildebeest survive? No, the wildebeest. I'm afraid, really, as the... Uh, as the uh, the animal launched itself onto it and tripped it up, the little wildebeest went the way that a lot of wildebeests go. No, the water buffalo survived. Water buffalo survived. Uh, Tom says, at the risk of sounding cynical, is there a chance that Peter Andre is doing Strictly to promote his own tour? Yes. Do you know anybody who's ever been to a Peter Andre show? Me neither. Me neither. I've never heard of anybody who goes there. I mean, by his own admission, they're naff. I mean, it's, it's Peter at the age of 73 or something attempting to sort of dance on stage. It's all a bit stupid, looking a little bit like sort of uh, sort of like a Michael Jackson kind of thing. That's what I, I sort of I remember seeing a little bit of it. They very wisely when when Pete used to have a funny little program on the television called Loves His Kids. Uh, they used to sort of show clips of these sort of show, but mercifully not too much of it because his kids appear to go to every performance. I mean, it's a, Peter Andre desperately trying to sort of prove to you that he's a singer. Whereas, in fact, I don't think anybody plays his records, do they? I can't think of any radio stations now. They're far too specialist to actually go, and here's, here's a Peter Andre single. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to get back into the charts. I mean, even on our local Iceland, they can't shift them. Last year, they couldn't shift them at all. And they've even stuck them by the tills next to the discount Mr Kipling cakes. So you could pick up a Mr Kipling discount cake and then go, Oh, what? Mum? Mum? Should we get the Peter on? OK, we get, some more, we get some more Mr Kipling, shall we? OK, get some more. I mean, and that's what it is. So, so last year, they put all the Peter Andre CDs back in the cold storage and they've dragged them out again this year. I mean, seriously, I felt like sort of numbering them, you know, one, two, three, just to see if anybody actually bought them. But uh, it's not happening at all, I'm afraid. So sorry about that, Pete. But there again, you know, it was so nice. Because I think he does the Iceland ads, doesn't he? Well, I've heard somebody else doing them recently. So perhaps they've sort of dropped him from that. But no, he's... Uh, I wish he'd actually stopped working permanently and uh, and so he can spend more time at home with his gorgeous wife because Ems is gorgeous we keep being told although I think she's one of these sort of people whose hair is unusually long for a woman of that age she reminds me of that Colin Campbell creature out in the uh, the jungle Gemma Collins is slightly bizarre in fact she's a bit more slightly bizarre my friend Elliot alerted me to this one uh, she stars in a shocking video with a man who's become her third convict lover She's uh, she's the biggest idiot and the biggest turkey of all time. And so ex-Towie Gemma is dating, apparently, so they tell us, Stephen Mortimer, who was recently released from prison. He has a string of convictions, including violence and drug offences. Uh, the Sun claimed to have seen a 30-second video featuring the couple, which appears to show Stephen threatening Gemma's ex-boyfriend, Alex Moss. I mean, either the woman is the biggest idiot under the sun, or she really is so thick we, we should wash our hands of him. Uh, sorry, her. If, uh, do make a Freudian slip there. Anyway, apparently, uh, Gemma and former cocaine dealer Alex ended their relationship after he was arrested for assaulting her. Soon after, she entered the jungle, walked out after just four days, blaming the breakup for her fragile state. No, the fragile state is her all the way through. There's no sort of... She's just a pathetic waste of space, I'm afraid. And so uh, uh, he's... Um, he's sort of... This, this guy, Steve Mortimer, has posted a Facebook... Falling in love with a woman who loves food as much as you do is a beautiful thing. Yeah, you wait till she eats the table at the same time. He'll be really in it. But uh, it's uh, just as well, I think, that Gemma is out of Towie. I think best that she stays out, actually. Best she stays out of our life completely. Really is. I mean, the woman's an idiot. I mean, you wouldn't believe she's sort of early 30s now. Is she mid-30s? Something like that. And still behaves like a three-year-old. Never mind. Uh, read the uh, price of Christmas lunch at the Savoy. Remember the old saying, a high price keeps out ill company? Uh, another one is, if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it, says Carol. Ah, but that's, you see, that's, that's a myth. That's a total myth. 
Because people sort of say, if, if, you know, if you have to ask the price... I've been past shop windows in London, and there's no prices on things. And people say, oh, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, which is rubbish, because I might be able to afford it. You know, if, if, if I'm looking at a coat and it's £10,000, well, then quite clearly, I can afford it. But I wouldn't waste £10,000. You know, if it was £20,000, I can afford it. But I wouldn't waste my money. So that's ridiculous, asking the price if you can afford it. Because that, that's, that's like making something terribly expensive to keep out the riffraff. But in fact, sometimes the riffraff want to save up, don't they? I mean, I, I don't know. But when you sort of see people who... I was trying to work out what sort of people would spend £425 for lunch at a top London hotel. And I thought, I mean, quite expensive. It'd be cheaper to hire in a cook. It'd be cheaper to bring in a cook for the day and say, right, I'll, I'll go and buy the turkey and everything. You just cook it for us. It's got to be cheaper, isn't it? Imagine you're sitting down there and somebody comes up, hello, you go, hello. They go, it's like a caricature done. You go, just about to start our prawn cocktail, actually, if that's OK with you. And then the next bloke comes up and goes, pick a card. I said, we're, we're just going to eat the turkey. So while you're sitting there where somebody's going, three of spades, and you go, no. Four of hearts? No. Wait a minute, is it hidden in the turkey? It better blooming well not be. You know, you're going to get that card. Everything goes cold. The kids are now in tears. Somebody will want to be, you know, going to the toilet. So you have to, oh, all right, wait a minute. So now the food's gone completely cold. And then they go, ta-da, entertainment time. And all of a sudden, you know, your food's vanished. And you're sitting there watching some cabaret. And I'm thinking, you know, sometimes staying in with a box of crackers and a good Christmas film and a bottle of, of Ember cream. Other drinks are available. It's pathetic. I have to say that every time now. Seriously, it's ridiculous. But Ember cream or a nice bottle of sherry or a port or something like that. You could have just as good a time, couldn't you? Just as good a time at Christmas. Mind you, if you had that, even if I'd won, even if I'd won that much money on the lottery, like 10 million, I would never, ever spend that much money on a Christmas lunch. I couldn't justify it to myself. I seriously couldn't. Uh, Steve, I'm going to eat at the Ritz, but I'm going to dress up in short trousers. Well, that's just being cheap. That's like going there pretending to be a child. <laughs> Which I quite like, actually. And uh, <coughs> Dean says, Olympic champion, Wimbledon champion, Davis Cup, let Andy have the knighthood. Why? Why? Give him a bag of sweets and a box of chocolates. OK, well, that'll be it. Uh, Daryl in Slough says, uh, I can't agree with you more regarding David Attenborough. Anything that man and his team produces is worth paying the TV licence fee alone. It's his presentation. That's what it is. It's the, it's the presentation. It's the, it's the way that he actually sort of, it, it, the way that he does it. I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's, it's terribly clever, and I, I don't... Well, it looks nice. I see, I keep, I've seen an advert on the television for Kentucky Fried Chicken, because now we're in a... De- but this is actually a bit of a departure from their normal adverts. This is lots of people sitting at a table. And my favourite is an old man at the end. They're, What's it like? Oh, nice. He goes, you can see his false teeth falling out. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly. Monday morning. Don't you just hate it? Absolutely loathe it. Monday, we're never good on Monday morning, are we? We're never good Monday morning. You know why? Because you've had a nice weekend and you're going to... I cannot believe that you seriously are going to be spending a billion pounds today online. A billion pounds. I mean, who can... A billion pounds. Small wonder the shops are going, where is everybody? They're doing it online. 10, 15 years ago, I was doing Christmas shopping online. And I said to everybody, why would you bother parking the car, going out there, get out of the way? Pushing people out the way. That, that I saw it. I saw it first. Dragging it out of people's hands like Black Friday all over again. When in fact you just sit there at home. You go onto the internet. You go da 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 da. You find it at the right price. Push the button. You bought it. It's so much easier. It takes away all the stress. You know, I cannot be doing. You know, if I do it, I'll do it early. 
But at the moment, I cannot be bothered to trek up and down. You see people staggering out of Toys R Us with boxes that are bigger than the kids. Seriously, what have we bought? It's the Cindy house. Lovely. It's, uh, it's this dog that everybody wanted. I'm not sure about this £13.5 million lottery winner. I haven't quite made up my mind yet. I might come round to him in a moment. Uh, and also a top card player. He wanted money out of a casino. And they went, hmm. Anyway, they now might have decided that he's going to get his £7 million. And a Da Vinci worth £100 million. Or a fraudulent copy? You can decide in the papers today. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. So the cut the story about it's very unfair. Littlewoods and their sister company, Very, same items, different prices. It's not good, is it? So here he is. His name is Peter Kongdon. Kongdon. I know, you have to be careful how you say it. He's, uh, he's 67, and six months ago, he scooped £13.5 million. He lives in a little tiny council house, and he calls bingo numbers at a community centre. And he's refused to let his riches change him. Give it back. Give it back immediately. I cannot bear people who win the lottery. What's the point of doing the lottery? They go, of course, it's not going to change me. Oh, for God. Give it back immediately. Stop wasting our time. The whole idea is of doing the lottery. It's not like you've won a box of chocolates, you know, or sort of a holiday in Frinton or Pontins in a caravan, you know, or going Pontinental. You've won £13.5 million. The idea is you go there... And uh, in your case, you get a gastric band fitted, perhaps a new toupee, and uh, maybe some Botox. And you go, woo you And you just go berserk. You don't go, it's not going to change me. Well, what did you enter the blasted competition for? A source close to Peter says he doesn't want to move as he loves where he lives and knows his neighbours. Yes, they'll be wanting to know you quite a lot more, I should imagine. Now you've got 13 and a half million. He wants to spend the money on other people. Move in next to me. Somebody says you wouldn't know he was a millionaire. Well, of course he wouldn't. Anyway, he, uh, the only sign of his wealth is a £30,000 Range Rover Evoque outside. Other cars are available at similar prices. Uh, he's also splashed out on a £900,000 four-bedroom farmhouse for one daughter and new cars for other relatives. But he doesn't want to move because he loves where he is. He's also got a run-down greenhouse. He's chairman of the Residents Association. God, he sounds like a right little do-gooder, doesn't he? <laughs> It's got 13 and a half million quid. Well, down a bit. Down a little bit on, on that one. But, I mean, you know, it's up to him, isn't it, really? Nobody says you have to move out. Not as bad as that lotto latch. Remember Mikey Carroll? What a vile piece of work he was. What a, I'm glad he lost it all. I cheered. When he lost it all, I went, yes, there is a God. He's had to go back to work, isn't he, in a biscuit factory or something. What a stupid person. The, the, see, the trouble is, no point in giving money to an idiot. Because they don't know how to handle it. Whereas Mikey Carroll's nine million, I think that's what it was, you know, could have actually lasted for the rest of his life. But no, once a buffoon, or was a buffoon, and he turned up on television draped in all his silly little jewellery. It's all gone. It's all gone. Poor fool, honestly. Um, where would you go to if you were going to buy a ski outfit? I mean, personally, I wouldn't go skiing, but that's just my, my business. Apparently, Aldi are now selling ski wear. And it's their their new range, which is going to undercut... High Street stores buy £800 for a family of four. Uh, Salopettes, jackets and gloves will cost £123.90 compared to £939 at Snow and Rock, a saving of 87%. I mean, they've got one here. £34.99 pro ski jacket dubbed massively impressive by reviewers. is up to £315 cheaper. 
I didn't realise it was so expensive to buy ski stuff. I mean, now I've discovered... I suppose it's people who are eating at the Ritz that can afford to spend £900-odd. Because you've got to have the right gear, haven't you? You know, if you're actually going skiing, you've got to have the right sort of stuff. You know, if you, t- if you turn up and you're wearing Aldi gear, it's not, you're not going to be in Verbier, are you? Or Chamonix or somewhere like that. You know, I think you might be just on the piste somewhere around the corner. But, uh, but the very idea that you could spend that much money, I'm quite surprised, actually. I didn't realise. The range will be in stores from, uh, from Thursday. And here's a picture of a Da Vinci. But I don't think it is. And the papers don't think it is. This is a forger who claims this £100 million portrait by Leonardo da Vinci is one of his fakes and shows a co-op checkout girl called Sally. Because I'm looking at the face of this girl and she doesn't look like somebody from da Vinci's period. Uh, Sean Greenhague said he drew her while working at the Bolton store in 1978 using an ancient council document as the canvas to trick age tests. He was jailed in 2007. He makes the claim in a book. Uh, the, uh, the, the picture... Uh, they say, is an Italian masterpiece, uh, La Belle Principessa. It's owned by a US collector. They reckon it's from the 1490s. See, the trouble is, I appreciate the fact he's selling a book, but when you look at it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's from Da Vinci's period. The, uh, the hairstyle might be, but the actual face is very much of a modern girl. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm looking at her. I mean, whether she's a checkout girl, I've got no idea. If they can find her and prove it. But bear in mind, he is selling a book. He is selling a book. You know, I always think Master Forgers are very clever. Very clever. I went to the, uh, what did I go, the V&A. About a year ago, they had the, uh, the couple in there who turned up on the television. Their son was making forgeries of just about everything. They could, and they had a nice little industry going, but they were, they were little Mr. and Mrs. Average. You know, they lived in a little house. And what they would do is, because with, with, with anything like this, you need provenance. So they would go through old catalogues and find the provenance of something. They would take the provenance and then they would make it again. And they sold all sorts of things. And they put this exhibition on. It was all done in the garden shed. The son was obviously quite gifted. He was able to copy anything and make things. He was making spoons, you know, which, which they claimed were from the 1600s. He was doing, you know, mouldings and painting. And it was just so clever. So clever. See, I always think that if... And there are people out there who can do copying of paintings. This... Uh, this sort of the art of forgery uh, is, I mean, it's terribly clever. You know, I think anybody who can do stuff like this and can do it well. There was a guy who went to prison for ages because he was making copies and they were so good. He would find an old canvas, which was of the period. And then he'd paint on top of that. And uh, it was it was really good stuff. I mean, it really was really, really good stuff. Fakes and forgeries is what it was called. And uh, they had everything. They had everything there, pictures where you looked at them. And, and to, to an untrained eye, I mean, I assumed that it was all, it was all OK. But, of course, it, it wasn't. It was all copies. So this Da Vinci, looking at the picture of the woman, I mean, they say it's worth 100 million. Of course, if it's, if it's only a forgery, it's worth, it's worth practically nothing. Practically nothing at all. Uh, Rita Ora makes the papers today, but to be honest with you, I'm so bored with Rita Ora. I couldn't really care less about her. I don't, and there's nothing about her that interests me in the slightest. Uh, poor old Noreen's uh, husband, Brian, is now full of the lurgy. I think that's what we're going to call it from now on. She says, I hope we'll pick up soon, as we've got loads of things in the next couple of weeks. Lunches, afternoon teas, parties. In St Albans, you can get lunch on Christmas Day for 70-ish quid ahead. We went out to one last year, but I far prefer to be at home. Hayley, happy birthday. That's Neil's daughter. He's made her a fabulous cake. And the photos of Princess Charlotte, uh, Noreen loves. Gorgeous. Yes, I mean, they are. But there again, 
She's she's going to she's walking into she has no idea how privileged her life is going to be, no idea at all. I was looking actually at something the other day. In fact, I was looking at it earlier on before the program, and this was um, Princess Beatrice hitting the stores in Portobello Road looking for presents, and apparently with with a photographer. And uh, so she went out there. This is Pr- Princess Beatrice who walked the length of the road. She hasn't actually done any work as such. This is the uh, the woman who I think has enjoyed 17 trips abroad this year. 17. She hasn't actually done a stroke of work. She's a bit like sort of father and mother. They're both a bit bone idle, I'm afraid. She's done 110,000 air miles. And uh, so she, she went out with a bodyguard. <laughs> Please, do me a favour. Do me a favour. Anyway, she was surprisingly sprite as she was out at a club Lulu's until the early hours of the morning because she doesn't actually do anything. And uh, she's a socialite, they say. And uh, she has her own fashion blog. Oh, God, honestly. Makes you much want to lose the will to live, doesn't it? Who else did we have the other day? Oh, Duncan Bannertine. David Beckham out on the... Ta- Luckily, with a photographer. Every time the Beckhams walk out the front door, the photographer must go, are you ready now, Dave? And they go, yeah, OK. Uh, where are you going to go? We just thought we'd walk down the road. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take my, uh, my jacket off and give it to Romeo. Uh, would that be a good picture? A little bit, you know, different from the old one of, you know, holding Harper. And so, OK, sh- you want to take, take your jacket off, Dave? OK, it's great. What should we do with this one? Should we sort of talk about, you know, it's freezing cold here, but it was lovely and warm in L.A.? Yeah, let's do that one. That's OK. OK. OK, boys, don't look at the camera. OK, and lovely. That's the picture that'll go in the paper. And that's the picture that's in the paper, ladies and gentlemen. Never wrong, never wrong. Christmas lunch. Uh, Brian says, 30 euros ahead in Costa del Sol. That includes a beer or wine and a singer after lunch and all the trimmings. Right, OK. 30 euros, 30 euros, so-so. And uh, Asda cafes do Christmas dinner for a fiver or two for £9.50, pences. Tony. As- I didn't know they had Asda cafes. Do they have other- things I don't know about these sort of things at all? Oh, the Filipino girls were, were voted off last night, says Ian, uh, from The X Factor. As I have no idea who's in The X Factor, I couldn't really care less. I don't, I don't sort of worry about that at all, actually. Uh, at the Lanesborough, we found a price. Gronia says 320 quid a person. It's cheaper than the Ritz. But you get a caricaturist and a magician and entertainment. And you get little pigs in blankets, and is it really nice? It would have, and do they do crispy roast potatoes? It's got to be crispy roast potatoes. If I don't get crispy roast potatoes Christmas Day, it's ruined for the rest of the year. It's got to be crispy roast potatoes. I might even have to take the oven down that they can do them in. I don't want to miss out on things like that, do I? Uh, there's a lovely uh, watch which is coming up for sale. This one's quite an unusual watch. It's a Rolex. And uh, this one could fetch a, a good price at auction because it was owned by uh, by somebody famous. Not anybody you'll have heard of, but he's definitely famous. Plus, uh, London hotel rooms are the most expensive in Europe. 140 quid a night. That's what they say is a blimey. It's a lot of money, isn't it? My friend came down for, the, uh, for a couple of nights, Danny, and uh, he goes all the way back up and he leaves his car keys in the room. I mean... <laughs> You kind of lose the will to live, don't you? And his spare keys are in the car, in the glove compartment, because it went in for a service. So he's now going to wait for the other keys to come back again. I said to him, I said, you know, memo to self, take spare keys out, put in cupboard at home, and then you don't get any of these disasters. It's always something, though, isn't it? Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday morning. Welcome to... You're going to be spending a billion pounds today. I can't believe that people will be spending a billion... On what? 
I suppose this year, I mean, every year people always say, right, I'm going to do a budget for Christmas. I'm the worst person. I don't do a budget for Christmas. I just go... In fact, I, 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 my brother sent me a thing the other day and I said, do I need to buy for anybody else? I want people turning up. You know, because if you have sort of other people to to do sort of presents for, you think, she said, I don't not have anything, so I might have to sort of produce chocolates or candles or something like that. Always a good standby, I think, the boot of the car. Mind you, most of the boot of my car is a standby present, so that could be useful. I showed it to a couple of friends of mine the other day, and they went, oh, my God, this is like a shop. I said, it does look a little bit like a shop, doesn't it, really, at the moment. Hopefully it'll be emptied out over, over Christmas. But I, I don't want to miss out on things. It's, it's always difficult to know what to buy people. Pat says, my Italian sister-in-law thinks Peter Andre's sincere. Oh, I think probably people think he is uh, very sincere. Ian says that Peter Andre was the only dancer who took time to shake the hands of a disabled man by the stairs after his dance. Oh, he will be turning up today. And, you know, the Peter will be doing his serious thing, going, you know, because I really put a lot of effort into it. And you think, oh... God, honestly, he's 42 years old, behaving like an 18-year-old. It's very embarrassing, really. I have seen the new Aldi advert with the man on the moon. It's taking the mickey out of the John Lewis advert, isn't it? But I, I think that's actually, you know, years ago they wouldn't have done that. Years ago they wouldn't have done it. I think nowadays it's actually quite acceptable. It's always, I think, really. And, uh, and Will says, for adults, having Christmas dinner at the hotel is fine, but if children are involved, much better to cook something at home. I know. You really don't... I mean, I don't think you should take children to a big posh show. Don't be spending that much money. Don't be spending £400 a head and 200 for children. You know, I think sticks and pizzas in the end. They'd be more than happy. You know, turkey pizzas you can probably buy all over the place, I should imagine. And um, another one here. Very quickly, just trying to sort of get as many of these in as I can. Uh, went by coach to the Bath Christmas Market on Saturday. It rained all day. And there were thousands of people. It was awful, said Sue. Oh, that's the trouble. You see, you've got to work on the assumption that this time of year, everybody's going to be doing the same as you. So if you think, I'm going to go to the Christmas market in Winchester, or I'm going to go to Leeds, or wherever else they have these Christmas markets, everybody else is going to be thinking about it today. They're all going to be going, what should we do today? Let's go to a Christmas market. We could have a, we could have a German sausage out there. Which, you know, keep me quite happy. Keep me quite happy. So uh, so that's what they're all going to be doing. So whatever you think you're doing, everybody else is going to do it as well. So it's... it's it is t- And when it's crowded, it's horrid. That's why I say, you know, Christmas markets, they're lovely. They never seem to get that busy abroad. I don't know why. Perhaps you just, They do them in Bruges and they do them in, uh, in Vienna and they have one in Salzburg. They're all over the place. In the continent, they love them. And they do it better than we do. Ours, it just looks like just another market, isn't it, really? And they put some tinsel up and some balls... And that's about it. I mean, at least when you sort of you go ab- abroad, it does look fairly festive. And if you if you play your cards right, you can actually get some snow. The ones in Berlin are very nice. Producer says quiet too. Glühwein, which is their mulled wine, very popular with the Germans. Well, they'll drink anything. The Germans. Have you seen the beer they drink? You could buy Glühwein bags actually, and um, you buy a box. It's like they're like tea bags. It's got all the herbs in there, and you just put on the stove. It's terribly easy to do. Just get cheap red wine. And you pour that in there, heat it slowly, stick in the Glühwein bags. And, you know, after about sort of 20 minutes, you've got Glühwein, which is just hot red wine. You know, but it's like, but it always gets, always so, always so exciting. When we went to the Arctic Circle, we had uh, hot blackcurrant, which is quite nice. When you think it was just blackcurrant juice, you know, pfft, not really that exciting, is it? But when it's freezing cold and it's like minus 15 degrees, the one thing that really gets you going is holding blackcurrant juice. It'd be like giving you Heinz tomato soup. Other soups are available, but they don't taste the same. And so, and so we had this sort of blackcurrant squash, but it was hot everywhere. It was delicious. Absolutely. It's like eating, uh, sort of drinking Ribena. I quite fancy Ribena. If I could go a Ribena right now. 
But uh, I can't because I think it's all sugary, but it's, uh, I'm going for Yoplait instead. So if you're going to go to a Christmas market, try and pick your time. Try and pick your time better. Um, other one here. And this is from uh, Lynn, who says, uh, On Thursday, my husband and myself went to buy a new printer. We went to a well-known shop, found the printers, looked around for an assistant. Two were busy, so my husband walked up to the three who were chatting. First they ignored him. Then when, our, uh, then when my husband asked, is there anybody who could help? Uh, with answering our questions, one of the assistants looked up and around the shop and said, I don't think so. I did that the other day. I was a bit, I was a bit naughty. I went into a shop. I was spending a lot of money. And uh, there was nobody there. And so... And there's two girls chatting away on another thing. So I did turn around and I did say... And it, it didn't do itself any favours. I went, is there anybody working today? You know, I'm just standing here like a complete and utter bozo. You know, if you hadn't noticed me, either you're blind and you shouldn't be working in this store, or you're just bone idle. And so she said, oh, yeah, um, I'll go and get somebody. And so I'm standing like an idiot. There's other people faffing, you know, dusting things. You know, if there's a customer there, you throw yourself at them. You know, small wonder people are buying online, because the service in shops, and oh, you're talking, you know, about me, because I used to work in retail, so I know what it's like. And we were always told... Go, and if there's a customer standing there, flog them something. Flog them something. Don't just stand there. You know, it's really... So I know what, I know where you're coming from, Lynn. I, under, I sympathise with everybody. I know you get rubbish customers, but I was spending a few hundred pounds. And when the girl came back, I said, oh, I said, you know, by that time I'd, I'd nearly lost it completely. And I did say, I said, oh, I thought nobody was working today, being Monday. She said, oh, no, no, I was. I thought irony's lost on some people, isn't it, really? Uh, the, uh, the, um, the toy looks like Bagpuss. Steve, the toy, not the not the princess. I know, isn't it wonderful? Prin- we still have princesses in the year 2015. We've still got a princess. And then you look at Princess Beatrice out doing shopping. Because she doesn't really do anything, does she, really? I, th- I think both those are a total waste of time. There's certain members of the royal family I could do without. Bring back the Queen Mother. She was quite good on a gin. And, uh, and the Queen. Do you see what she said the other day to somebody? She said, thank you for making me feel so old. All the tickets have sold out for her uh, for her 90th birthday celebrations. She's got to make it, hasn't she? And there's a, there's a photo of Charlotte's toy on our Twitter. If anybody wants to, to see what it looks like. It looks quite nice. It's, 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 it's sort of cuddly toys go. And a sort of ragdoll toys go. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. And, uh, and it's £17. So it's doable, isn't it? People say it's doable. That, that's the sort of money we could actually, we could actually go for. And uh, oh, we've got, we got sweets from Disneyland. Oh, they'll have gone by the time we finish here. And then there's also some from Chris. Uh, two, two Chris's. We've got a small number of toffee sweets from Berlin. I'm always dubious about anything that comes from Berlin, aren't you? Very strange place. I mean, God knows. We can watch the doors melting, I should imagine. And uh, from Disneyland Paris. I always think, I mean, I'm actually quite good at buying sweets. When I go abroad, I always bring back sweets from that particular country. And then you get here and you think, I could go to Selfridges and buy the same thing. They sell it all over here. I mean, is there anything particular? What, what did you buy from Berlin? What, what sort of food? What sort of sweet is it? It's toffee from an independent chocolate shop. Toffee, I ask you. Toffee. So coming up to Christmas, no fillings left. OK, teeth falling out, you know, sugar rotting your teeth. And it's toffee from an independent toffee shop. Sounds naff, doesn't it, really? He tried to palm them off on me this morning, and I don't think so. So I gave him some chocolates. I seemed quite happy with those, which is good. Mark Suspenses for best uh, roast crispy potatoes. Well, they're not. You have to cook them. Everything, is, everything can be crispy. You know, so, so you couldn't have any particular place that was better than others, you know, which is good. Uh, Telecom Nick says a great soother for a sore throat. Mug of hot lemonade. Just blast in the microwave for a minute or so. 
Have a good day. I'm hoping you'd have a good day today, actually. I must tell you about the Littlewoods story. Have I got enough time? Yes. Shoppers are being charged up to a third more by Littlewoods than their sister site, Very. For exactly the same stuff. Littlewoods, fronted by Colleen. <laughs> yes, there she is. Has got a £969 tag on a 55-inch Samsung HD television. While Very has exactly the same television at £679. I mean, that's £290 cheaper. PlayStation 4 game Call of Duty, Black Op 3, is £59.99 at Littlewoods. But over at uh, retailer Very, £44.99. And an Armani watch? 26% more costly, £220, compared to £175 at Very. Call centre worker Martin Bryan of Glasgow noticed the differences while Christmas shopping. He added up eight items and found Littlewoods charge 1,487 quid to Very's 1,252 pounds. Martin said they're probably sourced from the same supplier, packaged in the same place and sent from the same warehouse. Consumer Action Group campaigner Mark Gander said Littlewoods uh, such an old and respected company that has earned the trust of generations of loyal customers seems to have abandoned its morality and betrayed that trust. <gasps> Both sites are owned by Shop Direct. Both offer credit deals. A spokesman pointed out standard deliveries were free with Littlewoods while very charged according to the size of the items could be collected. He said, when it comes to price, we're committed to being transparent so customers can make easy comparisons to other retailers. Yes, owned by the same company. Owned by the same company. That's a lot of difference, isn't it? 969 quid on a 55-inch Samsung. And get it from Very at 679. It's a no-brainer, really, isn't it, really? A little bit naughty. A little bit naughty. There again, Colleen. Ha, 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 Loads of outfits to wear and just nowhere to wear them, you poor soul. Uh, coming up shortly, the news at six o'clock this morning. It's LBC. You're tuned in to Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's Monday, the 30th of November. The disgraced TV host Stuart Hall preparing from his uh, release from prison next month. Next month. A Rolex watch belonging to one of the great escape POWs could fetch £50,000. The rooftop protesters in the palace security scare. Online shopping. You're going to spend a billion pounds today. I'm assuming it's Christmas presents. The bread star. Graham Bickley says my sex abuse hell as a teen ruined me. We'll tell you that story a bit later on. Uh, the bright-eyed princess, aged six months, and that cuddly toy... Davis Cup hero Andy, as he got himself a knighthood, I should imagine so, they and the man like dolly mixtures. The pressure mounts to axe the party chairman in the Tatler Tory storm, and Storm Cloder battles the UK at 75 mile an hour winds. LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning everybody, it's coming up to five minutes past six. It's Monday the 30th of November, the day that you're going to spend a billion, they say. Uh, perhaps they're being, perhaps they've overestimated. I don't know, it seems a lot of money, doesn't it? But uh, if you don't start ordering now, they'll run out by Christmas, then everybody will be miserable, you can't get the presents you want, so I suppose the idea is do it today. But just remember, everybody else is doing it today, so it might take a little bit longer. Pressure mounts to axe the party chairman in the Tatler Tory storm. This one is not going away. Has Davis Cup hero Andy won himself a knighthood? I should think so, but why, I can't imagine. Uh, no sweat, the trousers you can cycle to the office in and wear all day, like you'd want to. The gypsy giant who's conquered the world, the diabetes pill that could help you live to 120. Who wants to live that long? What on earth would you be doing at 120? 
Good Lord, honestly, if you think you're bad at sort of 80 and 90, by the time you get to 120, you must be gaga, I should imagine. What on earth could you... Mind you, if, if, if the tablet's going to give you sort of like loads of, loads of sort of energy and you're going to sort of bounce around like a budgie on trill, well, then I'm all, I'm all for it, I think, actually. Uh, Dennis says £150 for a London hotel. Yes, a report in the paper today. On average, that's what they're saying. I mean, that, that's, that's, that would be a very basic room, I think, in London. He says, blow that. He says, uh, I pay £38 for a wee bed and breakfast hotel in King's Cross. He says, I won't give you the name as it's always fully booked, so they don't need any advertising. Located in a square, nice and quiet, short stroll. It's a family-run affair. And uh, they do the breakfast, which is cooked, and you can have as much as you want. They then service the bedrooms. The girls work very hard, not afraid to get on their knees and scrub the doorstep. And uh, he said, spotlessly clean. It's not broke, so I won't be fixing it any time soon. So there you go. I mean, if you know places like this, you've really got to hang on to them and keep them quiet. The whole idea is, uh, I was watching that Forward a Bed programme the other day, which I absolutely love. I love Forward a Bed. I'm always fascinated by how awful some of these people are and how, and how fussy they are. I've never once, never once in my life, walked into a hotel room and started lifting up the mattress and stripping the sheets back and checking whether whether it's all sort of unstained, going into the bar. I mean, I just have a cursory look, but I'm assuming if it's if it's a proper place. I mean, perhaps bed and breakfast are different. Perhaps they operate on a on a different sort of standard. But uh, these people, they run their their fingers along the top. I've just done it at the top of my computer, actually, here. And uh, a little bit of dust on that one there. And that's what they were doing. They were going around, around the toilet bowl, around the sink, the plug, doing everything. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just a little bit of advertising for them. And it's quite a nice, jolly little programme. I quite like it. Uh, the diabetes pill, so you could live to 120. If you're not diabetic, you're going to be really sick, aren't you? The only people allowed to have it will be diabetics. So we'll be the ill ones, but living longer than everybody else. Um, the top fo- football who sent a schoolgirl pictures of his thing. But who is he? He's not being named. The papers obviously know, and I'm sure that the internet will have a, will have a name before too long. Uh, Cheryl Fernandez-Spagbol dances on The X Factor. Oh, please don't do it again. Please don't do it again. She looked like some dreadful old aunt who'd had a few sherbets. Awful. Stuart Hall preparing for his release from prison next month. The Rolex watch which belonged to one of the Great Escape POWs, which could fetch up to £50,000. Can you imagine having a watch? I'm watching this programme on the telly at the moment. It's like an upmarket, um, what do you call, wait, wait, a pawn shop. A pawn shop. They have one in America. Ghastly, ghastly place in Vegas. I've been to it. And uh, it's run by a really unattractive family. All vastly, um, you know, terribly, terribly unattractive. And you go in there and the whole thing, because they've been on television... It's, they've got all the merchandise, pictures of them, mugs, T-shirts, everything else like that. And it's really nice. My friend Ian bought me a lovely Tommy Bahama shirt from Vegas. It's a really, really nice one. Really, really nice one. I'm obviously going to have to eat a lot of humble pie on this one because it's, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's just a black Tommy Bahama shirt. But it's got writing all over the back. I've never had writing on the back of a shirt, Ian. It's very nice. Thank you for that. Uh, the TV show, which is hunting for 20 volunteers to build Eden in the wild. They did it before with, was it Taron Say? And that brought us Ben Fogle. And, of course, now that people know what these programmes are like, they'll all be going, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. And we'll be picking another bunch of, uh, of naff people. The gypsy giant who's conquered the world. And he's in all the papers today. And they've got his family and the caravan site they live on. And the caravan he's just bought to put at the back of the house he lives in. 
hope he pays tax. I always worry about people not paying tax, especially when they earn an awful lot of money. Uh, and Nancy Delusional gets even more desperate. Poor soul. Having done that dreadful show at the Hippodrome where everybody went, oh, don't ever do that again. Please don't ever do one again. She has no personality. She has no gift of anything. But I'm an icon to people. You're an icon to nobody. Really, seriously, it's very, very embarrassing. Pink velour. Pink velour tracksuit. Who in their right mind would ever wear a pink velour tracksuit? Wait a minute. Katie Price would wear a pink velour tracksuit. But there again, she is the worst dressed person you've ever seen in your entire... I don't think I've ever seen her in anything that, that, that can do her any favours. Because she's so horribly misshapen that it just doesn't work. But this is um, a programme called Undressed. It's a brief history of underwear opening in April at the V&A. Worth joining actually the VNA because it's got all sorts of all the things that people wear now. I mean, I mean, you, you you can actually spot East European women because their trousers and jeans are very very tight. Only their jeans and things that are so tight. The men all wear camouflage clothing because they're all obviously going off with their workmate to go and do building or something like that. And the women have always got very, very tight jeans. Far tighter than the English women can wear jeans, because the jeans over here on the people, uh, they don't bother wearing jeans because they're too tight, they can't get into them, so they wear tracksuit bottoms. They're generally grey, there's generally a grubbage sort of G-string that's visible at the back, just just, just underneath the, uh, the tattoo at the back, and, uh, and we're just badly dressed. We're just bad. I mean, who goes out wearing tracksuits now? It used to be years ago, sportsmen and women, they would go out and they would wear tracksuits. Now, it's any old person pushing a pram round town. You can guarantee they're going to be wearing a tracksuit. You can guarantee they're going to be wearing it. You know, and you look at them, the fake Ugg boots. You can always tell them because they've all sort of gone down on one side because they're, they're not the, the real things. And um, glad you're back and feeling better, says Neil. It's my beautiful daughter Haley's birthday today. A, a fantastic mum to little Teddy. And uh, a picture of the cake she wanted, a Christmas mincemeat and marzipan curan. Is that how you pronounce it? Curan, which I made. Yes, I heard. We, we, we did this earlier on, actually. And uh, any idea of a good parking spot? Um, outside, actually. There's, 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 there's loads of places around there, so not too, uh, not too difficult at all. OK, it's a private conversation, as you can imagine. Uh, the drinking yoghurt, they sell it in Lidl or Aldi, says Stephen Folkestone. I do hope so. I'm trying to find it. I've now got a craving for it. I've now got a craving for it. Uh, Peter Andre's out the dancing, but don't worry. You've not heard the end of him. He'll be droning on to any, uh, any paper that'll be listening. Uh, front page of the Mirror today. The crazy world of Britain's new boxing champion... I don't think you'll think it's so uh, so sort of crazy when you read about it. Slightly disturbing, but there you go. Lot, lots of pictures of him. Over in the jungle, uh, it rained. So, they're getting paid for it. Not like they're standing there. And uh, here he is, the wild world of our new boxing champion. And this is uh, John Fury. And uh, looking at his son, who is called... What's his son called? Tyson Fury, wearing a fur coat. Not camp at all, ladies and gentlemen. A man in a fur coat. A picture of his... Um, of his wife, they have three children, both uh, both both travellers, and they've got two children, Venezuela and Prince. I mean, you have to ask yourself, don't you, really? Where do these people get these names from? And so they've got a picture of him wearing a fur coat. I don't think it's a male fur coat either. It looks slightly odd, but who's going to argue? Let's face it, he actually boxes, so it doesn't really bother me in the slightest. Perhaps they'll make a film about him. Uh, Fern's the pits. Fern McCann's ability to take the rough with the smooth has led to an advert, uh, sorry, an offer, to advertise a brand of women's razor. Oh, how embarrassing. Also, it's the best she can get. It's a women's razor advert. Gloves are back on for Chris Eubank in the jungle and clobbered by Cloder. This is the Stormbridge End, terrible Manchester 
Terrible. 20-foot waves battling Britain up in Bridge End in Dorset. Terrible. Tyne and Weir. Two rescued from a capsized boat. What are you doing out on a boat? Honestly, the weather goes bad. People go, oh, I think we're going to take a picture, shall we? And you go, no, don't take a picture, please. Online shoppers splashing out a billion pounds on Cyber Monday. I'm sure all these things have emanated from America. Is Tyson Fury fit to fight Vladimir Klitschko? Oh, that's right. For the world heavyweight title, read his vile homophobic slurs and bizarre rants about devil worshippers and Armageddon. How odd. Much of what Stuart... Fu- oh, I've heard of him before. This, this was the one, wasn't it, who came up with all this homophobia. That's right. That's right. His views on homosexuality, the devil and Armageddon. Do we really care? I don't think I care, actually. I'm, I'm not remotely bothered by him at all. And um, he says there are three things that need to be accomplished before the devil... Uh, comes home. One of them is homosexuality being legal in countries. One is abortion. The other one's paedophilia. He says, who'd have thought in the 50s and 60s the first two would be legalised? He's slightly disturbed, I think. Slightly disturbed. Perhaps he's slightly cracked and maybe not that intelligent. Uh, Still to come, the story which is very disturbing. Graham Bickley, the uh, star from Bread, who have known Graham for donkey's years. Uh, He played Joey Boswell. He was the the second Joey Boswell. He's revealed he was sexually abused as a teenager, breaking a decades-long silence on his ordeal. Speaking publicly about his experience for the first time, he said he was... uh, His fight for justice collapsed just as he was about to face his tormentor in court. Very interesting. Very. He certainly kept this one secret for a long time. Long time. And so Graham is speaking out... Now, I ran through his uh, CV earlier on. He comes with impeccable pedigree. Impeccable. And uh, great singer. Great everything, actually. Nice man. Really, really nice guy. But the story, very disturbing. In the mirror for today. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 6.20 is uh, the time, so we'll run through the, the front pages of the papers. Let's do them now, actually. Let's do the front pages of the papers now. Uh, the Mirror, Kate's Little Princess, which is uh, very cute. It's a nice little dress. I'm sure that everybody will be going, ooh, fantastic. She's only six months old, and, um, and she's like a little chubby child, like most little children are at that age. Jeremy Corbyn, poised to let pro-war Labour MPs vote for strikes on the Islamic State, the crazy world of Britain's new boxing champion. I'm not sure if it's just crazy or misguided or he's ill-informed. It's a bit difficult to tell, really. Uh, The Daily Express, a lottie like her mum. Adorable pictures of the princess taken by Kate. And she's got this toy with her. So this is is the one that everybody's going to want. And I promise you, I can predict it now. Predict it now. Uh, The first anti-ageing drug that could help people live healthily into their 120s is to be tested on humans. Oh, test me, test me, please. Test me, give it to me. 120, can you imagine? They go, so who's actually on LBC this morning? Steve Allen. He's not, well, how old is he? He's 119. No, what's he talking about? Who knows? Who knows? He just sits there and gurgles. And that's about all. Can you imagine what sort of conversation to have at 119? I could, I could honestly say all the people I, all the people I worked with in the early days at LBC, they've all gone. They've all gone and left me. I'm the only one here. And people would be going, is he really 119? And go, yep, he took that tablet. He appealed on air. And they went, you can have that tablet. We're going to test it. You can be the guinea pig. Blimey. Apparently it'll make 70-year-olds as healthy as 50-year-olds. As 50 Whoopee! 
I wonder if you could sort of do all... Oh, I don't know. I don't want to think about things like that. Best not to think about what you could probably get up to at the age of 50, which you maybe can't get up to at the age of 70, but I'm led to believe you can do it at 70. Uh, the Daily Star, Britain's face snow blitz. Just what we need, isn't it, really? Just what you need, on top of all the wind and the rain. And by God, it was windy yesterday. My God, it was windy. I could... I put the heating on again, but I, I learnt my lesson. I turned it off when I went to bed. Turned it off. Uh, Cheryl and Rita at war. Uh, Cheryl dances. No, she doesn't. They've called her a very dodgy dancer. I mean, the trouble... She's, it's, it's embarrassing, really. I think she's better just sitting there going, because I'm worth it. You know, I think that's easy, just to give her that one line to say. Daily Mail, nice picture, same one. Kate's enchanting snaps of Charlotte. They obviously realise that Mario Testino is fairly expensive to bring in. And uh, they want to try and be normal. As normal as the other day, when the papers were making a big... I turned on the television and went, Prince Harry uh, in dramatic fall from Pony. Did you see it? <laughs> Honestly, he just fell off the front. He just fell off the front. It wasn't anything dramatic at all. He just got up and got on another one. Polo ponies don't last that long anyway. Sack your pal, PM urged. Pressure mounts to Axe Party Chairman in Tatler, Tory Storm. And that one, as I say, is not going to go away. Uh, the, the toy is the Fuddle Waddle. It's a great name for a toy, actually, a fuddle. I used to have a toy very similar to this years ago, and it was a dog with a zip on its underbelly for keeping your pyjamas in, which you just call them your Jim Jams. And, uh, and it looks a bit like, like a fuddle waddle. And apparently it's, uh, it's quite nice, actually. comes from a British company. God, that's a rarity. A British company formed by two, uh, two brothers. They sell more than a million soft toys a year. So obviously they don't need the business, do they? This one's going to do very well. Uh, one of them... Mr. Mr. Gatacre, who lives in West London, said, that's our fuddle-waddle puppy. The pictures look lovely. I bet they're delighted. I bet they're absolutely delighted. You just, apparently, you just wipe the surface if they get messy. You, you're not kids alike. They suck toys. To the point of disgusting. Really, to the point of disgusting. Uh, what else do we have in the paper? Boxer Fury's Song of Success. He's got some very odd views on things, though. Very odd things. There's key questions Lord Feldman must... Uh, answer about this uh, this alleged bullying and exactly uh, what has gone on and exactly well they've asked loads of other people to come forward they've said you know if you know anything about this this bullying Nick Ferrari is going to be talking about this one this morning on LBC it's 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 deadly serious deadly serious uh, the Sun this morning champions of the world inside the bizarre mind of Tyson Fury I just think he's poorly educated if educated at all a lot of laughs with the toy, and Jeremy Corbyn's uh, lefty backers last night issued sensational threats against Labour MPs supporting strikes on ISIS. Uh, front page of the uh, Telegraph today. Uh, Britain win Davis Cup, first time in 79 years. So that'll be back at jelly tops for everybody concerned and probably a knighthood. Uh, Tory chairman interviewed in bullying scandal inquiry. Calls for the sugar tax to tackle the obesity crisis. All the companies that put sugar in their, their drinks, and, it, and sugar's in most things, are sort of saying, but this is absolutely outrageous. You know, is this, is this coming down on sort of Jamie Oliver's side, or is this taking it a bit further? Who knows? Who knows? And uh, what they're doing is trying to combat Britain's obesity crisis. Do we have an obesity crisis? Do we have it? I don't think we had a crisis. I mean, we have obese people, but then we've always had obese people. So whether or not... Tyson Fury won millions of pounds. Oh, the taxman will be so interested, Tyson. He'll be really interested now. He's already bought a vintage caravan, costing about four grand. Oh, so a cheap one, then. You can buy... You can spend a lot of money on a vintage caravan. And he's going to live in it, in the garden behind his half-a-million-pound house. I still think the taxman will be interested. What do you reckon? The more you talk about your money and the more you flash it about, the more he's going to be interested. And I'm sure you've got a good accountant. 
That's spelled A... Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Independent, Game, Set and History. Here is Andy Murray. That's the picture, isn't it? Yes! Sort of doing that sort of, you know, yes, looking up to the heavens kind of picture, which people like nowadays. Uh, and uh, the Times, Union Chief threatens Labour MPs over Syria. Paris police fire tear gas on climate protesters. The other day, who do we have? Charlotte Church was out again. That'll be two outings in a year where she's not fallen over in the gutter. I'm quite surprised, actually. And Emma Thompson was out there. Dear me, honestly. These people who get involved with these things, they, these people should stick to their acting and their singing. Well, not in the case of Charlotte Church. Neither, please, would be, uh, we'd all be very grateful for. That, oh, sorry. Thank you so much for your company today, and good luck with the shopping online. I predict you're going to be very stressed by the end of today. I'm not going to buy anything online. I did it the other day, actually, so I didn't, uh, I didn't sort of bother. A lot of people tell me about sugar-free Ribena. Very good for your throat. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? I used to love it. I used to love it, but haven't had it for, for ages and ages and ages. But uh, who knows? Apparently, lassi is an Indian. Oh, I've had lassi before, the Indian uh, yoghurt drink. Delicious. Listen, uh, have yourself a great day. Don't forget you can listen to LBC wherever you want, wherever you are. You can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. 